author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. This is Donald Jeffries coming to you, as the man says, just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C. We do every, this every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Appreciate everybody listening at our very special show today. Uh, I want to get started right away because I think our first guest is only going to be here for about 45 minutes. Mickey, Michelle Mickey Whitehoff Whithoff, uh, is the mother of Ashley Babbitt. She's been on our show before, and uh, obviously, oh, and we have our other guest coming, too. Obviously, a very committed person. The reason she can only stay for 45 minutes is because she's is committed to a vigil, a nightly vigil that she does uh, in D.C. with some other people every night for the January 6th prisoners. Nikki, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, thanks so much. And then tell us a little bit about what it is you're going to be doing and what you do every night there. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, uh, we, are, we do a vigil outside the D.C. jail. Uh, to draw awareness to the political prisoners and hostages that remain behind bars here in D.C. And now in uh, Bureau of Prison prisons all over the country. And we're there every night to stand in solidarity and sing the national anthem with them at nine o'clock, which they continue to do and have done uh, since they've been incarcerated in the D.C. jail. That's fantastic that you do that. Now, what what is he now? I'm sure everybody knows this. But uh, Ashley Babbitt was the young lady who was one of two people that we know. And the other, the other person doesn't get uh, talked about as much. But uh, Ashley was obviously unarmed, really no threat to anybody, shot and killed by a Capital City police officer who remains unpunished to this day. I don't think is there, is there first of all, is there any chance, Mickey, of him ever being prosecuted or for that at all? Well, you know, some people talk about it, but. You know, this is D.C. People talk about a lot of things, but I, I do believe that Michael Byrd will um, will have justice for Ashley. I believe that's what gets me up every day. Well, that's wonderful. So tell us a little bit. So what we'll go over it again. Ashley, Ashley was obviously a, a, a big Trump supporter, a MAGA person. She came, I think, was from California. She yeah, traveled across, from San Diego, right? So she traveled across the country to come to Washington, D.C. to take participate in. Uh, what was her constitutionally protected right to assemble mm -hmm. and uh, protest the vote? And obviously millions of other Americans were thought something was suspicious about the vote as well. So they had, you know, every legal reason to be there. So um, tell us about what happened, how you, how you found out, did you find out from the news or did you, did you hopefully find out some other way? And what did you immediately then fly across country and come over here and try to, to start uh becoming a, you know, an ad advocate for her? Uh, no, not immediately. I found out when I was at work, my daughter-in-law called me. And uh, no, I did not fly out here to D.C. D.C. was still very much locked down in, in COVID. And, um, you know, it became a process that my family had started to deal with immediately. But we, I did not immediately fly to D.C. and become an advocate. Um, you know, there's a grieving process which makes life itself hard to go on with. But you know, I, I did, um, with the help of Dave Summerall and the support of the January 6th community, 
it became clear to me that I needed to come to D.C. and, and um, you know, just try to be a voice for the voice that was stolen from my daughter and from so many from so many other American citizens. Hi, Daniel. I was just, just to also to say that, you know, they try to scrub Ashley's name from all these court proceedings, which living in D.C., we, we attend as many of the court hearings as we can for the January Sixers. And I just have not had an opportunity to express my gratitude to Daniel for getting my daughter's name on the public record. God bless you, baby. Thank you. Thanks for That's being wonderful. Well, Daniel Goodman is here with us. He, he is. A, he was a January 6th uh, defendant whose crime was, I believe, you went and you stepped inside the Capitol for about 30 seconds or something like that. And uh, but well, I got to tell you, I mean, it's ridiculous for you to be punished at all for that. But you came off better than most. I, I was reading up. I guess you got 60 days or something like that. I mean, you're kind of an Owen Schroyer sentence. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened to you. Yeah, uh, Owen Troyer and I both got a 60-day sentence. He actually only had to serve, I think, 45 of his yeah, yeah. days. But yeah. um, I wouldn't say it's better than most. Um, I mean, if you take an average, it's better. But uh, I'd say most people get off better than that. There's like a 1,000 of us. But okay. then the ones who get it worse get it much worse. Like Enrique got 22 years. Yes, first. yes, yes. So there's several, you know, I don't know how many. There's like maybe 200 who are like locked up right now, you know? Well, that's it. That's what's incredible. The fact that they're still, I mean, we're talking about, it's going to be three years and denied all due process. Uh, Mickey, when you're out there processing, have, has anybody, I know the, some few members of the Republican, uh, the, the Freedom Caucus, uh, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, a few of the others, they, they did try one time to see the prisoners in prison. Has anybody ever come out there and sing with you? Do you have any contact? Do you, do you get the, the idea that anybody in the Republican Party is, is, is you know, understanding what you're doing and, and wanting to join in with you or at least support you? Well, we get varying degrees of support. But, you know, I, I just want to go back to how many men are incarcerated. At, at, part of our vigil every night is to read the names of the men that are incarcerated behind January 6th. And it takes almost five minutes to read that list now. And more and more people are being arrested every day. Yeah. Understanding that, you know, all of these cases go through D.C. and that at any given day, the court docket is full of January 6 cases. While the this government in Washington, D.C., lets 67 percent of violent crimes go unpunished, unchallenged and, and unprosecuted. So, you know, that that's a, a, a huge variable. And the crime in D.C. just continues to grow while they hunt down mega memals and papals that were on the grass of the Capitol that day for misdemeanor charges that would otherwise, if you were not a January 6th defendant, would, would be $50 in a go home. So, you know, make no mistake that January 6th prisoners or January 6th political activists in this in this city get a raw deal from all counts. You know, the uh, Absolutely. The prosecutors, it's a slam dunk. They come in there with ill-prepared cases because they know they don't have to work too hard. We're sitting in front of juries that are 99% Democrat voters, and they come in there wanting to fry their share of the J6ers. Um, and the judges themselves are very skewed in their opinions and still believe some things that day that weren't true. You know, Judge Reggie Walden will sit on the bench and say that um, one American citizen was killed that day and several police officers were killed that day. So I would hope that people that that put themselves above citizens and sit in judgment of us would at least be appraised of, of the situation that they're judging. So these men and women that sit in judgment of J6ers are really uneducated on on the on the on the day. And, and they they um, they adjudicate as such, you know, they, they continue to perpetuate falsehoods. They consider everybody that goes in there as a Trump supporter automatically wrong. They don't try people for their for their 
actions on that day. They try the day on the calendar, much like, you know, yes. by February, by February of 2021, Ashley was denied rendering of honors simply because she was at the Capitol on January 6th. So those, yeah. those answers were already predetermined and pre-coming in. So uh, we, we know we know what we're up against, but we have to continue to stay up against it because as American citizens, we cannot we cannot let this rest because this is such an injustice to not Absolutely. just to Ashley, not just to Roseanne, who paid dearly with their very lives that day. You know, Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips, their families deserve answers, too, because the police's behavior that day, uh, firing flashbangs into a peaceful crowd, caused the death and the maiming of many American citizens and the dissolution of many American families, as we have men that are the breadwinners and they have families and children and moms and dads that will be missing them at Christmas this year. We cannot let that rest. We cannot let the unjust treatment of a whole populace of American people uh, go un unchecked. I certainly agree. And I, I, I'm trying to, I want to bring as much attention on this issue as I can. That's why I'm so grateful for you coming, especially on, on such short notice today, because uh, people, unfortunately, though, and I'm sure you you know this, is that this has been the word insurrection, being misrepresented insurrection. And you can see it playing out in society at large. Uh, with Trump being, uh, he's taken off the ballot by the Colorado Supreme Court. This is becoming uh, where they're, they're, they're blowing this thing out of proportion and making it really seem like uh, people tried to overthrow the government. Now, I know Ashley obviously wasn't armed. I, I know a woman that was, was armed with a tambourine. Uh, they never found a single gun, did they, amongst, in, in the crowd there, other than on the police officers? Did the, the, the J6 people, any of them have guns or, or, or you know, significant weapons? Well, you know, it was the gun-toting populace of the United States of America that showed up there that day, and, and that's what people need to remember. Yes. And as far as I'm aware, there there were the, – the only person that used a gun that day was Michael Byrd, so so that much I'm 100% sure of. And, you know, not only not only did he shoot my daughter without so much as her seeing him, he um, he's a sloppy cop and he shouldn't have been there. I, I Yes. So, so many uh, police forces in this country would have removed him from their service, but – you know, the Capitol Police operate under different standards than other police departments in this country. They answer to no one but themselves. And, you know, Michael Byrd had had a tainted record. And, and yes, I believe in any other police force in this country, he would have been removed instead of promoted. So these are the kinds of things you're up against in D.C. And as far as, you know, congressional representatives, um, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been out to the prison twice. And, and uh, various people came with her, Louis Gomer, when he was still here. Uh, came out there with her. And and then the second time, uh, a bunch of congressional members, as well as some Democrats, came out. And of course, they had different opinions of, you know, how they were being treated. <coughs> Sorry, I'm trying to catch a cold. But, um, you know, going forward, Clay Higgins continues to fight hard. Uh, Matt Gates has actually been out to our, our vigil. Good. Uh, President Trump has called into our vigil. And, um, you know, like I said, we have varying degrees. George Santos was the first congressional member to come out to Freedom Corps. Really? I, I yeah. wondered why, what, is that maybe why they were, I mean, there was such a, an assault on him. I kept thinking, what, what is this guy, what did he lie on his resume, supposedly? That may explain things. So he was a supporter. Well, he was briefly a supporter. We weren't the beginning of his problems, but we may have been the end of them because, you know, yeah. <laughs> DC does have a way of getting retribution if you dare step out of line. No, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, Daniel, when you when you were, I was going to say, you know, there there's this one. I don't know. I'm sure you guys know, but there was one defend one lucky J six defendant who had his case dismissed a while back 
uh, when they looked at the evidence that is clearly on video, the cops waving them inside. And he said, OK, I'm sure you're familiar with that case. I don't know. You're talking I, about acquittal or are you talking about a dismissal? I think it was dismissed. I thought the judge dismissed it or it, it wasn't that. I'm pretty sure he dismissed it when he saw the video. Am I am I getting that wrong? I, I believe yeah, it was not getting that wrong. OK, well, it, but there were two some, people acquitted, uh, Matthew Martin and recently uh, this guy was an oath keeper. Uh, Forgot his name right now. Beeks, uh, James Beeks. Mm -hmm. But his co-defendant wasn't acquitted. Hmm. So, but did, was did they? Because what I remember is the judge actually saw that video, which everyone should see. And again, I don't know how if if the police are waving people inside, how can they? I, I believe somebody somebody in alt media said, how can they possibly prosecute someone for a crime when the police are urging them to do it? You know, well, I mean, I, I walked past a bunch of police through an open door and that didn't stop the judge from, yeah, uh, you know, putting me in prison for two months. So uh, I don't really think that's the reason why, because um, these cases are tried over and over again and the judges see it every time. So there's got to yeah, be a variable. That's not the one. But I, can I go back and talk about Matt Gates for a second? Sure. When the Oath Keepers uh, at the time one of the biggest, it was the biggest, it's like the second now, but the, the longest prison sentence up to that time, uh, Matt Gates commented on, and he said, they stood before a jury. They had every constitutional privilege afforded our defendants. They were found guilty of seditious conspiracy. And if they were found guilty of trying to literally overthrow the government, one, they're idiots, two, they had no chance, and three, they probably deserve some punishment. I thought mm -hmm. the punishment would be less than there were. So I was a bit surprised by the duration, but I wasn't particularly aggrieved by them. So that's our closest ally, Matt Gates. Yeah, right that's there. your ally. Yeah. I'm particularly <laughs> aggrieved by the <laughs> highest sentencing uh, J Sixer has gotten yet, um, and at the time of, of him saying that. And so, if anyone uh, doesn't believe me, you can look it up. And uh, he was in a space, and that was published in May of 2023. So, for people thinking, "Oh, that was maybe right near the beginning," no, it wasn't. It was very recently. And so, yeah, we don't. The only person I haven't been disappointed by in Congress would be. Uh, Paul Gosar, uh, certainly no one in the Senate. T uh, Ted Cruz called us terrorists, just in case anyone. Yeah, about that. yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. What about Rand Paul? Did Rand Paul ever make any? Ron Paul's been Rand Paul's done Senate. nothing for us. Yeah, nobody. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, if if I'm wrong, someone just send me a message and let me know what he's done for us. I haven't seen one thing, and I pay pretty close attention. Well, don't you think this this is the reason? And I'm sure both of you would agree with this. And I said at the time, this is uh, there. However you look at it, there was a, at the very least lots of questions about the 2020 election. Okay, lots of it should have been investigated. You had, I believe, over a thousand people that were unconnected to each other, poll workers and post office workers and stuff that had signed sworn affidavits that they had seen. You know, really questionable and. Uh, behavior really looked like evidence of fraud. And yet 60, was it 60 of 62 courts or something? He refused to even look at the evidence. That's how deep this corruption runs. But that's where the Republicans come in and the Matt Gates types and so forth. They're going to be the opposition immediately. Well, they should have, but they, none of them stood with Trump was the only one complaining at the beginning. None of them were. Well, the well, day of there was Paul Gosar and Ted Cruz on, on January 6th. Oh, Ted Cruz did. Okay. okay. Then that was it. Well, you know, going back to what Daniel said about Matt Gates is that's the problem is you you think you have the support of these people and you don't really know what that is in D.C. I guess it's as the wind blows. Just like, you know, I thought Marjorie Taylor Greene was in our corner and then she started going against uh, releasing the videos because 
she didn't want more American citizens to be arrested. And that's a very, very, very weak argument when yeah. you have the sedition hunters continuing to arrest people yes. every single day. So the only thing that would would that would serve, the only purpose it would serve not to release the videos is to it would show because the, these videos show our congressional members being are in our, our leaders being complicit in that day. It would absolutely show the whole truth. And that's what they're afraid of. And now they want to blur faces and talk about, well, we had some at operatives on the ground. You know, yeah. Clay Higgins is coming out swinging right now. And I hope he continues to to press forward on this. You know, Troy Nels has had some strong words as far as Michael Byrd should be prosecuted. Um, and like I said, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she was all for us for, for a hot second. And then um, I really don't know what happened. I think Marjorie still is is on the right team but i question the whole that's don't when have you ever first of all when have you ever seen so many people arrested behind the events of one day one three-hour event of one day yeah. it's thousands yeah. of people and so so there's that and then um you know how when have you ever seen such a group of people that are supposed to be the defendants being the ones yeah the, being the ones screaming from the rooftop rooftops to put this information out show the video show america what happened but yes. the problem is you know we've allowed the january 6th committee to taint the entire united states it was force fed to everybody they they pulled up their group of people told their group of lies had the same they have the same four police officers testifying in the cases over yes. and over yes. and over yes. you yes. know Fanone and dunn and and the other two escape me right now but but it's the same for people over and over and over again and they tell their story and and their lies a lot of it is a lie you know it's uh dunn's dunn's story was debunked by uh Steve Baker, Steve and now Steve Baker was arrested. You know, yep. I mean, this is the game they're playing. And, and it does go to the top. That's why it can be scary. And you need to know that, you know, these people will do anything to hold on to their power, not just to Trump. When you talk about this 1512, you know, Enrique Terrio was convicted of his 22 years that I think Daniel had mentioned earlier. Yes. And he wasn't even in the city. And this yes. conspiracy, yes. and this uh, obstruction of an official proceeding, this 1512 that they're trying to throw on everybody, that was just a template to get Trump. They tried it out with the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. And when they were able to make it stick in this tainted city, that's how they decided they would come after Trump and charge him with the same thing. And I think that this has always been about Trump. You know, I think Nancy Pelosi orchestrating the events of that day to make sure it went poorly. I think, you know, that would that was certainly about Trump. We all know Nancy Pelosi has it, had it in for Trump and, and always sure. has. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that that whole day was about orchestrating... Uh, setting up his people and setting him up and and laying a foundation for further prosecution in the future and their plan is playing out you know the supreme court i mean they want they want donald trump's uh 1512 to pass go bypass the appellate court and go right to the supreme court so a decision can be made so that he can be prosecuted before the primary so yeah. i you know this whole thing lays out like some uh worse than orwellian plan and the american people oh. have played into it but you know, I have to believe that Americans are waking up slowly, but, you know, I, I can't really, I, I, three years ago, I would not have been, believed that our government was capable of, all the, of these things. You know, I was living a little blessed existence in California, not worried about too many things, even though my daughter was trying to tell me some stuff, you know, and I was like, you know, life is good. Let me live in the sunshine, and, you know, just kind of, and, and so, you know, you can't sure. really, I, I don't know how much well, I can so, so you citizens for that. So you weren't really politically active, obviously, having, you know, being awakened in the most tragic way possible in your case. Uh, is this this is what happened to you once you saw what happened and you lost someone as dear to you as could be? 
uh, this woke you were you as you said you were living a good life so maybe you had no idea that this people like Ashley and people like me I've been talking about this stuff for a long time uh, so this has obviously changed you tremendously right in terms of how you look at the country and how you look at uh, our world well it, you cannot go through something this horrific and not be changed but it it somewhat fills me with regret because I know that these are things my daughter has known well you know Ashley was in the military for several years and was, you know, a political activist when she came, came out, she was a small business owner. And uh, when COVID shut down everything, it, you know, there are some things that really affected her and things she felt strongly about that, you know, I, in hindsight, I wish I would have, have uh, mm -hmm. been more on board with that. But like I said, I, I, you know, I was living a blessed existence and, and just um, had blinders on. So, so yeah, my, my life has changed uh, drastically. Well, you're here in Washington, D.C. You're, you're, so obviously you've moved here, I, I assume, if you're doing this every night. So you're living sure. in this area. You must, right? Because you're, uh, and the, what I really admire you for, and Daniel, I'm gonna, you're going to have plenty of time to talk. It's just uh, uh, Mickey can only stay for 45 minutes. So I want to get as much out of her as we can first. And then you'll, you'll have plenty of time to talk. But, um, you know, the, the fact that you're going, you're doing this, you're, is a lot of people would just, they might just, okay, I lost my daughter. This is horrible. And maybe be scared for their own selves or something. They wouldn't do what you're doing because you're, you're concerned about what happens to all those other prisoners. And uh, I think that's very admirable. And, and I, you've sat in on some of their trials, haven't you? Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I don't find it admirable. I just feel like um, some people, when, when the, you know, when, and whenever a child dies, it's tragic in, in any way that that happens. But what happened to Ashley was, was more than the death of a child. It was, it was uh, a, yeah. It was murder. It was public murder that people seem to just thumb their nose at. And yeah. it makes me sick that congressional members know there were murders that day and choose to do nothing about it. You know, I know that they're aware. I mean, you know, Kevin McCarthy, he said flippantly that he thought Michael Byrd was just doing his job. And I had a meeting with Kevin McCarthy and I asked him, I said, can you look me in the eye and tell me that you've even watched it? And to my surprise, he was honest. He said, no, I haven't seen it. And he promised he would watch it. And then there was no follow through. I don't know how you could. Well, I haven't seen it and I refuse to watch it. But I don't know. I mean, I know enough what's in it. I've seen it through my family's eyes, through my son-in-law's eyes and, and through half of America's eyes. But um, there was no further contact from his office after that. So I can only imagine he, he just really doesn't care. I the, the callousness in which these these I mean, they're home for Christmas. I mean, every single congressional member there. There's nobody in D.C. right now. They're home with their families in their little, you know, vacation homes, living off the, the fat of the American people. While our men and women are some of them dead, some of them behind bars, and some of them just in ruins. You know, the, the things that the, the collateral damage of January 6th is more than just what you see. You know, all these men that are sitting in jail and women that are sitting in jail yeah. and, and, and my daughter who's dead, Roseanne, who's never coming home. Uh, we, we, we just think about the families. Think about the children that have been left without their fathers. For what reasons? Because they were good Americans, because they came. I mean, what is your recourse when you know an election has been stolen? And, and they touch on that every single court case, too. They talk about the peaceful transfer of power. Well, what are you supposed to do when you feel like that power has been stolen, right. like half of the country does? And they showed up and they were peaceful until the police waged war on American citizens. That is absolutely the truth. That's the way I see it. That's the way half of America sees it. And the ones that don't realize that are the ones that sit home and watch CNN and keep seeing the same videos over and over again of people's reaction to being hit with flashbangs and 
plastic bullets through the face and and you know the the oc spray that they used at will they, they you know some of the injuries they're blaming on american patriots they sprayed yeah. each other with chemical spray well, yep well, they, they continue you still have the people that get on there and talk about four poor police died that day as if they died at the hands of uh <clears throat> the January 6th people, we know they didn't. The only yeah. people that died were actually in, in Roseanne. That was the only two. Uh, no, there was two others, Kevin Greeson and uh, Benjamin Phillips. Well, right, but I mean, I, I don't think they didn't, was it a heart attack? I mean, the police didn't well, cause see, their death. said it was a heart attack, the but there were grenades going off all around. Ken, uh, okay, Kevin that's Greeson right. That's right. So, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so we did, you, that's what my, my point is. We need an investigation. And, yeah. and you know, Absolutely. we're aware, we're aware of I'm sorry, what'd you say, Daniel? These are like George Floyd coroners. Well, you know, seriously. And and if we had an investigation and we let these all the videos go, not the chosen, yeah. not the selected, not the few, let's roll tape and see just what the hell happened that day and who's responsible for it. And not only that, but you know, the communications between the the uppity uh, the the upper echelon, you know, Nancy Pelosi absolutely says she didn't communicate with Steve's son that day. Steve Sun says she did three times. So let's open up those communications and see what happened. You know, Dave Summerall has given formal notification to these congressional members that there were murders that day and they've not been dealt with. They've not been reported and they've not been acted on at all. Not not at all. So, like I said, they're home with their families right now while we have a whole group of American citizens yeah. sitting in jail eating a turkey loaf if they're lucky. Well, I, I, and again, I just, you don't want me to say it's admirable, but I, I admire your perseverance anyhow that you're so, because I, a lot of people might just throw their hands up and say this. I mean, when they look at the way Washington, D.C. is reacting to this and the way look, we're seeing beyond this, I mean, I, again, I, I have, I'm a Trump agnostic. I'm one of the smallest minority group in the country. But if you, what, obviously, what, what they're doing now by trying to keep him off the ballot, if you believe polls, I mean, I think the polls are dubious, but he's the front runner in all the polls. Uh, we would be criticizing a third world country that did something like this, trying to take him off the ballot. And now I, apparently several other states are going to be doing yeah. this as well. Do you see, I, well, there are millions of people, there's probably at least 70, 80 million people, the people who voted for Trump that are awake in some way and are outraged to some degree, at least, maybe not as outraged as we are, <clears throat> at what happened uh, to the, the people that went there to protest, especially, obviously, your daughter. Do you see a chance? It, will there be a civil war? There's 70, 80 million people. At what point? Because they know they have to know at this point that regardless of the Trump's on the ballot, that nothing has changed from 2020 or 22, the midterm elections. They they haven't even acknowledged that there's any voter fraud. Let them, so I don't know how anybody thinks that the outcome is going to be any different from what the, the elite want at this point. Well, the outcome will be what the elite wants unless Americans take action. And what that action is, I don't know. When you say civil war, I'm, I'm thinking uh, people killing each other in the streets. I don't right. really, I don't think that's the way to go. I don't know. I hope not, but I well, certainly... obviously, but I, you know, there's got to be some sort of um, civil upright, peaceful civil uprising. Americans have to figure out a way to make their voices heard. You know, there were at a conservative estimate, a million people here on January 6th. And I don't know where all those people have gone. I don't know if we have said the government has seriously, they, they call them sentences of deterrence for a reason because they're throwing the freaking book at these guys. And, uh, and everything else yeah. they have too. It's not just throwing the well, book at them. I've known I've known a few that were there that are like I had one young lady on my show that you know didn't want me to give her name and she but she sent me video. I know she was there and I know there are others out there too that and I understand why they're scared to come forward at this point. You know I mean they don't want you know to, to have face years in prison or whatever. 
No, they don't. But sometimes progress takes sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So uh, I want to ask both of you, Daniel, you were on um, Tucker Carlson. So that's what what do both of you think about? Because Tucker Carlson, you know, I think the main reason his show was canceled, he was he when he decided he was going to devote, he said a week to those January 6 tapes back then. And he had one night and boy, I mean, the, 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 he, he got so much flack over that. I thought they were going to, you know, throw him off the air then. And the second night it was kind of weak. He interviewed the shaman and so forth, but uh, we didn't see the rest of the, he, he really petered he off. He didn't interview the shaman. Oh, it didn't. I thought, didn't he have him on the he show? He liked to be interviewed. So uh, just. Okay. I thought, well, now we talked about him a lot. He yeah, he talked we, about we him. Appreciate a lot. that. He did talk about. Yeah, it. but I mean, what what do you, what do you think happened? It, it sure looks like someone gave him a talking to, and it wasn't that long after that that he's canceled. And that was, I mean, he had you on the show, Dan, uh, Daniel. I mean, I, I don't think anybody else on in the media would would have had you on their show. Do you think? Well, I'm, uh, if anybody wants to, I will do it. Oh sure, sure. Well, you know, I wanted you, but I mean, what what were your feelings? Did did you uh, did you ever try to uh, contact? Uh, Tucker Carlson, Mickey? Uh, no, not not as far as being on. I, I think Tucker uh, Tucker covered my first arrest. My son-in-law was actually scheduled yeah. to do an interview on January sixth, so uh, he was he was on Tucker. Aaron was on Tucker uh, right after That's I got right. arrested. That's right. He was. Okay. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, we, we, and a lot of people, obviously in that, in this business, I think you, <clears throat> you can't, um, you can't distrust everyone. You know, you can't just think everybody's a shill. I mean, it looks that way. I know a lot of times, but I, I, I think Tucker Carlson, he, I agree with most of what he was doing. So again, I, that's all I can say. I don't know who's, you know, well, he, he, you know, Tucker Carlson had Dave Summerall on and Dave Summerall is, is a, an, an expert. He's like the godfather of January 6th. Everybody, everybody that is a January 6th advocate knows and respects Dave Summerall. And uh, he was on Tucker. And so, and then Daniel was on Tucker. And I'm not exactly sure if, if any other of the Gen 6 community has been on Tucker, but I feel like, you know, he was advocating for us. And you have to, you know, the reason they are working so hard to keep, it's not just the power, it's the money and how many people are guilty of criminal behavior that they work so hard to cover up. So, you right. know, I think that, you know, if you look at who owns Fox News and who had the most to lose, of yeah. course, Tucker had to go. Of course he had to go. But now he's going to come back with his, you know, Tucker network. And I, I think yeah. Tucker's amazing. I think he's brave. I find him funny um, and articulate at the same time. So he has a way of making a point that, that people listen to. And I admire that about him. And I, I hope that he does um, cover more January 6th. Uh, uh, coverage of January 6th and, and let some of the facts out. I know he's talked about Ashley a couple times and I appreciate whenever anybody yes, he has. He mentioned uh, keeps her. keeps her name in, in the public eye. Uh, I think Roseanne is being talked about more and more as she yeah. should be. And I think that, you know, I, I, I hold on to belief that we will have that the truth about that day will come out somehow, some way, because uh, the truth is stubborn. The truth is a stubborn son of a bitch and it will put it will push its way to the top. I believe that, especially if you have people pounding that drum, people like, you know what they didn't count on is people not, they expected these Gestapo tactics to make us all go into our homes and bury our heads. And that's not what happened. So they are up against a group of a determined American people. And I think that, you know, once more and more people 
discover they're not in it alone and, and maybe facing the music isn't as bad as they think it is. Uh, I think that we'll have more and more people standing up. And there's so many more things going on in this country that are making more and more people fed up. We could talk about border control. We could yep. talk about, you know, the Palestine uh, protest and violent rallies and the way that they've defaced uh, some of the property here in, in Washington, D.C. and uh, not been not been held to the standards of January 6ers. We could talk about Jamal Bowman pulling the fire alarm, yes, yes. dropping an official proceeding and getting Absolutely. nothing but a little slap on his hand. These are all the same things. Absolutely. You're right. And the, the, the double standards. And again, I'm no, I'm no Republican, but uh, I, you know, I, I tend to distrust all of them, but at, at this point, the Democrats are absolutely in, insane. I mean, it's like a giant, a giant loony bit. And they're just so in love with tyranny that it's, it's, well, a moment. but at least, you know what you're getting with the Democrat. It's like Daniel right. said, you know, Matt Gates comes out at the corner and he supports us uh, one day. I, well, I guess before that, I think the remarks that Daniel was talking about came before he came out to freedom corner. Um, but you know, any one of them on any given day. But, you know, I will say Paul Gosar has always been a strong advocate. The very first person I heard ask questions about Ashley was Paul Gosar. And um, I, I I appreciate him for that. Of course, you know, they've made life impossible for him there as well. But we do, I do believe we have people in Congress looking into the situation. I think that, you know, Barry Loudermilk, even though well, a lot of us were hope, hoping to see some kind of hearings, especially with the absurd uh, biased hearings that they had before, where they they really let they, they didn't even let milk toast Republicans on the panel. It was absolutely ridiculous. And uh, we I think a lot of us thought that there would be some kind of hearings on it. Do you, do you still hold out? Well, that was supposed to be the weaponization committee was supposed to be the opposite or the answer to the J6 committee. <laughs> yeah. but it isn't. It's got a tiny section of it having to do with J6, but it's talking about. Well, because in a sense, you know, rightfully so, there's so much corruption yes. in the, you know, FBI, et cetera, that they have a lot to cover. But I mean, J6 is huge and we need to have our, you know, we need our full on answer to J6 committee on the right. Absolutely. There's a question for you on the screen, Mickey, from Chris Graves. Does, does the guest keep in contact with M5 News, Gary McBride? I, I asked you about him before the show. Are you still in contact with him? He did some great work on this early on, especially photo analysis. Yeah, uh, Gary is in New York with uh, the America uh, America First Warehouse. He'll be in D.C. Uh, on the 28th. And, you know, we do keep in contact, but I just am unaware of what Gary's uh, project is right now. I don't know what he's working on, but he has been, you know, Gary's given a lot of himself to the work of January 6th community. And so have so many other people. That's why, you know, when the government says it's going to be a daunting task to assess this video, we have people that have been looking at this for so many years. I'm going to say one more time. Dave Summerall has looked at it. Trennis Evans has looked at it. Daniel Goodwin has seen his his, his fair share and, and, and uh, done analysis. And I believe, I'm sorry, Daniel, please correct me if I'm wrong, but help participate in some of the documentaries that have gone out. And, uh, you know, he, he um, I'm, I know I'm leaving people out. Free State Will has been instrumental in going over some of these. Steve Baker has been amazing. Um, there are so many people that have such a leg up on this situation and they should be consulted by by our government officials. It's not like we can, you know, fake the video at this point, but we could show them where to look. We could show them in what corners they need to look at and what cameras they need to look at and really uh, get get the truth of, of what happened that day. I just can't say that enough is we don't need um, 
we don't need a truncated videos in these in these trials. We need to roll tape. Let's see the yes. whole damn thing yes. because little teeny pieces of it are not because the government cuts out what they don't want you to see and yeah. they literally cherry pick what they put in there. And like I said earlier, they don't even have to work too hard. It's a slam dunk. Some of these prosecutors roll out of bed, don't brush their hair, show up in the courtroom and win the case because they don't have to. They don't have to do anything special. I will tell you the one person that I have seen go home and I've sat in in, in a lot of these trials was uh, Eric Christie and his lawyer actually fought for him. Carol Stewart. I don't know how you feel about some of the lawyers, Daniel, but I, I've seen some of them work and I just don't think like they fight hard enough. Yeah. And when, when uh, Eric Christie was in, in a court and the judge said, well, he continues to hold on to these views. And Carol Stewart <laughs> looked at the judge and see, she said, judge, I hold on to these views. And she stood there as a lawyer <laughs> and defended her client and his position and herself great, and took great. ownership of it. And he went home that day and he, you know, he had had prior, uh, SWAT standoffs and, and stuff. So is the answer a lawyer that will actually fight for you? I don't know. Yes. Well, well, that that goes to the question on You're the screen there. Do, do you do you and Daniel, you could probably answer this too. Do you do you, we know Donald Trump's raised a lot of money, 250 million. Uh has he collected? Do you think it might have been a good idea or a good show of faith to him that he he might have like offered to set up a defense fund so that, that the January 6th defendants could hire better lawyers? No, I think he uh, should have used that money to stop the steal. Uh, so yeah. that was a big mistake, but, uh, you know, he could have just said a word and pointed people to crowdfunding and we would have all gotten our fundraisers funded. So that well, was, and he could have given us money from his own money, but, you know, obviously they're going to use that against him. So I could see why maybe wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Well, see, and, and I'm, I'm under the impression and my facts could be wrong. Cause I only, this is just the impression I'm under that he has, a. Uh, put some funding towards some of the January Sixers in some questionable areas. So, you know, I, I, yeah. I can only say that, you know, you're only as good as your advisors. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. Is that they should not have, I don't know what kind of attorney uh, Daniel had, but I mean, some of these. I, I had mean, the like, one she was mentioning. So that was a good, I had a good one. Okay. Well, yeah. And I know you don't, you don't feel like you got a good deal, but I'm just telling you from the no, no, other side. She, yeah. she did a great job. Yeah. I think it's uh, good. I didn't realize. But I was just, Lawyer. I didn't know yeah, that. she was. I was just going to say about um, the, the money that Trump has given. It was through uh, Cash Patel's foundation from the money they raised from that uh, song. It was like the prisoner singing the national anthem from uh, from prison and from jail. And, uh, you know, Trump, I guess he said the Pledge of Allegiance over it or something like that. And it went to the number one on iTunes. So some of that money went to some J6ers, but it's I mean, I myself asked if I could have some money from that. And I didn't even get an answer. I would have been happy to say if they just said no and been like, okay, sure. I prioritize the other people, but no answer at all was a little weird. Well, if the ACLU was uh, lived up to its name and what it might've been 50 years ago, uh, they would have been fighting on the behalf of the, because uh, the, the people that are in, I, Daniel, I guess, were you, were you in prison at all before you were, or were you were mid at, outside? Yeah, so pre-trial, I had about uh, three weeks in jail, and then okay. uh, I served the rest of my sentence in prison, in federal prison. There were three other uh, J6ers with me when I was in prison there. Okay, but I'm, I'm thinking like the ones that I, I think have been in there. I, I don't know how many are there that have been in there really since the beginning, I guess since January of, of Probably about 100 in, in the D.C. What, I mean, that's, that's shocking. Well, I mean, that's, and they just... move them around. 
they do move them around. You know, they're in DC and then they're someplace else and then they have to come back to DC and they call it diesel therapy and, and move them around and just keep them on their toes. And, uh, you know, that's been an issue right now. There are, uh, 40, 40, uh, prisoners or 40 ish prisoners in the Patriot pod in DC. Right. Well, that's it's just the idea. Again, that there, I, I'm a civil libertarian. There's hardly any of us left in America, and with whatever platform I have. But this is this is the ultimate violation. I can't think of anything. Uh, you know, you go back to the Civil War when uh, Abraham Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus and threw thousands of Northerners and without any trial. I, I suspect if they did try to make an issue of what they're doing, they would probably cite that as precedent. Well, it's the same thing as the Civil War. You know, this is an insurrection because that's the way they're painting this. But people, you should have people in public positions, lawyers, civil libertarians, if they existed, they should be outraged. I mean, these people have been denied all due process, not to mention the absurd sentences, the Enrico. And first of all, how does a white supremacist organization like the Proud Boys, how do they decide they're going to pick a Hispanic to lead them? Doesn't that kind of... I mean, there are there are a lot of good questions involved there. You know, how does not only Enrique Terrio, but I'm going to tell you one of the one of the uh, cases that breaks my heart is Ed Vallejo. You know, he he's a, an oath keeper. He's 73 or 74 years old. Also, did not come into the city. Remained <sighs> across the river in Virginia and did not enter the city. And he's living out his. You know, he, he I believe he I believe he has a three year sentence. But, you know, he's, he's 73, so he, I just, I it's so <sighs> ludicrous the way, I'm not saying he won't live those three years, but, you know, 73, when you're 73, those prison years are hard, you know? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's and not the got, best thing I, for your, yeah. No, and these people, you know, they deserve justice. And this is, the, the I don't know about Daniel, but the frustrating, the most frustrating part for me is to know how many of our officials know that this is wrong and choose to do nothing. I don't know who you have to get in front of to make somebody give a shit, but you, uh, they know, they know, and they don't care. The large majority of them. We have what, how many did we mention, Daniel? Maybe four or five, six of them that are, that are even looking our direction. Right. And, and that's terrible. It's terrible. It's a terrible, especially when it's so obviously wrong and so obviously lopsided and so obviously overreach. And so obvious, you know, Trentus Evans still working hard on a change of venue. Why are these men being tried in D.C. where everybody hates them and they come into these jury boxes and you can see it on their face that they want to fry a J6er and they get to tell their grandkids, that's the insurrectionist I got right there. And I, I do believe that's a thing. I watch these jury, the voir dire process. And, and these people absolutely hate us coming in, hate us more going out. Yeah. Well, um, I believe A.J. Fisher recently uh, filed a change of motion, uh, a change of venue motion that's uh, hopefully better than the one so far. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I really believe, uh, you know, Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I believe that the truth can set us free. So for me, that's one of my one missions and goals is to get the truth out there. So, so far we put out uh, two or three documentaries and uh, this next one we're going to put out very soon is going to blow all those out of the water. And hopefully this one actually gets the national attention it deserves because if the American people really see what happened that day and they see Joshua Matthew Black get shot in the face at 107 before anyone was having any scuffles with police, I think they're going to have a different opinion about January 6th. Well, they, they definitely, they were educated. But I think, again, we get to, you can't divorce what 
this entire subject from Trump. This is all wrapped up in Trump. And I, I'm sure you guys know how real Trump derangement syndrome is, regardless of what I think about him. They are people that they are absolutely irrational. I've, I've had people and I've tried to talk about how horrible it is to have political prisoners in, in D.C. and denied all due process. Well, they should be hung and you know? they, they hang them. It's like, what? You want to hang people? What, what are you talking about? It's like and that, that that's their attitude. It's because of Trump. I want to hang some people. Yeah. Well, look, look at it. Did you hear about the uh, John Schneider from the Dukes? Of, yeah. I, I mean, did. this, he, you know, he, I, I think, unfortunately, I don't know if he, I don't know. I think he has too much Teflon out there in Hollywood. Hasn't been on, he hasn't been a star for quite a while, but uh, he, he could be in serious trouble because they're trying to make examples out of people, obviously. I mean, don't you guys get that? They're, they're, they're just basically saying you are not going to dissent any longer because that's basically what they're doing. And look what they're if you're prosecuting Trump or anyone else for complaining about the election. I mean, can't they do that to any of us? Right. The First okay. Amendment. Yeah. Is fine. That's what this was all about. Yeah. I mean, if they say because yeah. the idea that they can prosecute somebody on and, and not only that, they're prosecuting him on exaggerating the value of his assets. I mean, how many people you know that don't, you know, I mean, people exaggerate their property and everything all the it's time. Probably not it's, even right about that. It's, I mean, it's not, it, it doesn't even matter, but it's not a criminal offense. And yet he'll be convicted because he, he loses in all these court battles. It's all like well, a show trial. the person and then I'll find the crime. You know, yeah. we've got a full on communist takeover. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, such a bias. We could talk, you know, when we talk about other bias behavior. Look at how, you know, Biden, the kid gloves are used on him. You can't go after him for his dealings oh. with China. You can't go after him for his dealings with his shell companies. You know, and, and uh, you know, Hunter, denied, you know, just ignoring his subpoena. And this is how it goes here in D.C. And, and uh, you know, I've recently had somebody that was close to me tell me, you'll never win against the government, Mom. You'll never win again. Oh, so, well, I guess I'm, one of my kids could they call me Mom. Anyway, they, I was told one of my one of my kids told me yeah. that I would never win against the government. And, um you know, I don't know. I don't know that that's true, but we have to keep trying because there is so much out there to see. And like I said, you know, it's so obvious to people that have seen it, but who do we have to get in front of for it to make a difference? Who actually has the power? I mean, you know, we have the majority in the House right now and we don't in the Senate. Does that mean the Senate's powerless and they're going to roll over and sit on their hands? I don't know. I've seen Christopher Ray in several committee hearings. It's like he's a professional testifier now. He goes up there. He lies all the time. You know, yeah. um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was questioning him hard about, you know, all the, the Hamas, uh, um, uh, like the, the Facebook, one of the Southern Law, Southern Law, I can't, I'm so sorry. Let me Southern say Poverty Law Center. Yes, thank you. One of the lawyers was posting things on Facebook and she's like, well, this is hate speech. And Christopher Ray sat right there and said, we do not go after American citizens for Facebook posts. Well, we know that to be a lie. We know that to be <laughs> wow. a lie. Because people, and he said he that, didn't burst into flames saying that or something. Well, you know, one of us, one <laughs> wow. of the, yeah, somebody did call him a traitor, but. Um, wow. Not lying in Congress is perjury. Well, yeah. you would think, Daniel, when are they coming with the handcuffs? Because he sits in these committee hearings and lies all well, Peter, Peter Navarro, who I had on my show last year or whatever, uh, he uh, was uh, convicted of a contempt of Congress for not uh, uh, responding to a subpoena. Hunter yeah. Biden did the exact same thing this past week and held a press conference. And I, I, I guarantee you he's not going to be, uh, you know, I don't think the Republicans. I'm sure Merrick Garland is getting right on that. Yeah. I mean, this, and that's the. There's another one. Merrick Garland, Mayorkas, Matthew yeah. Graves, Christopher Ray. I mean, honestly, all of them, all of them, it's a wonder they don't burst into flames. And I don't know, 
you know, why isn't it a crime to to lie to Congress? I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it's prosecuted. Well, it either is or it isn't. The, the problem with any of this, it's you got to have consistency. Either either it's not a crime and you can thumb your nose and it's no big deal, or it's a serious crime. I mean, but but you can't apply, and that's the problem. And I think that goes to the heart of everything we're seeing. You mentioned the uh, the, uh, the the pro Palestinian demonstrations or anything else. You can't if if you breach Congress for any reason, presumably, then it's an insurrection because they've established that. I mean, you and and in that case, I don't know if they had police waving them in the door or not. But you had we had that's why I can't understand how that's how corrupt the courts are that they have video. I don't know how much video has been released, but I've seen video of police waving people inside. Uh, Daniel, you know, he, he, I don't know if you could produce the video, but there were cops there. Then we had the shaman Tucker Carlson. Yeah, show. I've got all the video of me, of my, uh, me yeah. going in and all that. I mean, to me, outside before. After. So if this is, if what you did was so serious and what others have done was even more serious that they, it warrants 22 years when they weren't even in, in DC, wouldn't you want to, if you're serious about it, wouldn't you want to find out the identity of those police officers? Because aren't they accessories after the fact by telling No, I wanted to know the identity of the police officers on January 6th. I said it on video. I said, get his badge number. To this day, no one's gotten it for me. So if anyone finds out, let me know. Yeah, because if it's, I mean, obviously we don't think, to, to me, I look at it like we paid for that building and I, I, I you know, the Capitol is open most of the time. So why would it be? It was crime? open that day. Yeah. I, so why would it be a crime to... To walk well, apparently the door I, I went through, uh, it wasn't the, the official door to go through. It didn't have metal detectors. So that's the big crime. Yeah. And that's but so I, why didn't the police just say, don't go through that door? Absolutely. They said, you can't come inside. No, back. I mean, the police don't have any trouble yeah, usually yeah. telling people that. Yeah. Hey, get back up. I mean, you know, they, they, and you guys. They got sound systems. The police, honestly, they should have been directing traffic to the stage for the official permanent event. Yeah. And, and the, the, the fact that, you know, how can they paint this? And but they are the lies are just so big. They're painting this as an insurrection. What kind of insurrection happens when the, the insurrectionists aren't armed? How are you well, going to overthrow a government with tambourines? And uh, well, they said the, the shaman's uh, flagpole had a uh, like an arrowhead at the end. So that turns it into a dangerous weapon. <laughs> or if somebody threw a water bottle, you know, water were bottles were dangerous weapons. Yep. Yeah. In yeah, court, yeah. they're dangerous weapons for sure. I mean, I mean, I was, I'm sorry. I, I just I, no, I'm just, I was just, I was thinking about Peter Navarro and uh, just an interesting side note, not for nothing, but he, he, when he went to into his, uh, when he was in his court hearing, he did not sit down. When you say stand before a judge, Peter Navarro stood before the judge the whole time. I don't. I don't know what the purpose is, but he did. He was not. He was never seated at the defense table. He chose to stand, and I, I did. I, I did find that interesting. That's why I wanted to share it. I have to sort of wrap it up because uh, I'm going to go. I want to talk. Can I just say briefly what we're yes, do on the sixth? No, however, you, whatever else you can talk about, go ahead. Okay, so on the sixth, uh, Look Ahead America has a fully permanent event outside of the uh, DOJ, the, the Department of Justice. So we will be uh, joining Look Ahead America on the sixth of January outside of the DOJ. And then we will be walking to the Capitol to lay flowers for Ashley, Kevin, Roseanne, and Benjamin. And then we will be holding our nightly vigil outside the DC jail where we have been for over 500 days. And you can follow along with us at forashley.com. We have live streamers out there. So if it's anything somebody was interested in, and we do sing the national anthem with these men every night 
over loudspeaker. They call in from the jail and we sing with them every night at nine. So if anybody would like to join us for that, that'd be amazing. And every Sunday night at nine o'clock is Flick It for Freedom. If you're in for freedom, you flick your light switch uh, on and off at nine o'clock every Sunday. So those are just things that we do in solidarity if any of your viewers would like to join us. I really appreciate you including me in this. Daniel, it's good to see you as always. I hope you have a blessed holiday, baby. Oh, God Each bless you, you Mickey. Thanks for coming on and thanks for all the great work you're doing. And we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, guys. Take care. Okay, Mickey Whitka, very courageous lady. Obviously, uh, lost uh, the most precious thing you can lose during it. And uh, and uh, so, Daniel. Uh, and now, I, I, let's start from the beginning because, again, I hope you don't mind that we. I wanted her to talk a little more because I knew she didn't have that much time. Uh, Daniel Goodwin, explain everything when when you went to Washington D.C. on January sixth. Uh, first of all, where did you come from? Did you have to travel far? And were you? I assume you were. Um, obviously troubled by the election. What were your, what was your background in terms of being involved in politics and just describe exactly what happened that day. So I drove from San Francisco. So pretty much as far <laughs> as you can drive. And, uh, I, uh, obviously, you know, Trump tweeted out the telling people to come. So I came and, um, you know, my background in politics really originally started some from my faith, uh, as a Christian, I was just against people killing babies before they were born. And that was my major thing. Uh, and even in that kind of political activism, I wasn't really doing so much protest as I was doing prayer. So we would go to an abortion clinic or to a courthouse and we would just put tape on our mouth, write life on it. And we would just pray for, you know, maybe an hour, something like that, or go and take communion in front of a place. And I've also gone to, you know, sometimes maybe try and uh, talk some of these ladies out of doing that. And so that's, that's what the first a uh, real political thing for me. And then uh, from there, uh, you know, and I've, I've done things with uh, outreach, evangelism and prayer. And uh, when I see uh, everybody getting banned from everything all at the same time on uh, from big tech, then I really got into the free speech movement because to me, I'm thinking, how do you share the gospel if you can't even say anything online without getting banned? And I'm like, what, who is this guy, Alex Jones? Who is this lady, Laura Loomer? And why are they getting banned from every platform at the same time? It's like super coordinated what are they trying to hide? So after that, um, you know, and, and, and how are you even going to advocate against abortion if you can't say things online, you know? So uh, free speech is really important for that. Even to fight for the right to life, you have to have the right to free speech. And then, um, you know, then I noticed that the, uh, the election gets rigged for the stop the steal movement. I join in with that because uh, so even if you have all the speech you want, uh, if the elections are rigged, you don't have any uh, any right. say in politics, right? So right. we need uh, we need elections not to be rigged. We need free speech. We need to not be killing pe innocent people. So those are all very important to me. But then uh, after that, they just arrest people who are against the elections being rigged. So then that becomes my main point of activism. So we pretty much made, uh, like I said, two or three documentaries. You can go to stophate.com slash J6 and click on the documentaries link. And we've got writing history, we've got Bloody Hill, and we've got 1,000 Days of Terror. And the new one coming up is going to be J6, A True Timeline. We're partnering with some other uh, people on that one. And that's, again, like I said, it's going to blow everyone uh, away. Well, it sounds great. So you, when you went there, <clears throat> you were going there about the election. Now, I, everyone else I've talked to that was there um, said that you know everything was fine and peaceful and everything and the trouble didn't really start until i guess you, know, you got to the capitol and then whatever however however many undercover people there or whatever that happens in 
all of these incidents, it seems like there's always some undercover agents there to precipitate things to throw the first rock or break the first window or something. That always happens. It actually happened during the B a lot of the BLM riots as well. But uh, when you're there uh, and you get to the point where you you step inside for 36 seconds or whatever it was inside the and then you I guess you had the sense to do it. Why did you come right back out? Did you did you realize once you stepped? But pardon me. Cop told me to leave. Oh, he told you to leave. Okay, but he but he but he let you go in. Wait till after I was inside, you know, yeah. so I could get my, so I could catch my charge. Yeah, but so no, after so you all right? So you you got out. Did you hang around outside the Capitol? What happened at what point? Yeah, sure, a little bit, but there was a curfew, so we didn't stay that long. I was in there at three uh, thirty three or three thirty two, something like that. Yeah. So all the violence had already taken place. Like I said, they shot somebody at one oh seven. Ashley was killed at two forty four. Uh, you know. So I guess Roseanne hadn't been killed yet, but uh, yeah. Benjamin uh, Phillips and Kevin Greeson had already passed away. So all the grenades, all the, you know, spray, all the batons and the gunfire, all that stuff. I didn't see none of that. I saw people meandering around, joking around, walking around, milling around, you know. You hear people chanting, stop the steal, USA. I was joking. I was literally over there saying things like, hey, guys, can we get six feet? We got a pandemic going on. And, you know, I have one laugh. So, like, <laughs> you know, we didn't feel like we we're really doing some. Kind so, the, of so this, that, I think this, I, I get the sense from other people I talk to that you were you shocked at how heavy handed uh, the, the reaction was? And, like, I don't know, when did you, were you arrested that day or did you get something that in the month. mail? I'm sorry. That month. Oh, that month. Okay. So did you receive, did they come to your house or how did that work? Yeah, they did. Um, I was actually called by the FBI and I told them you can talk to my lawyer. And so they did, they talked to my lawyer and he said, okay, well let's, you know, arrange for a, uh, self-surrender or so he tells me. So we were going to have a self-surrender, but then they, uh, before the scheduled time, they actually came and did a pre-dawn raid Roger Stone style with a oh, medieval style battering ram, the geez. FBI led counterterrorism task force. They come and traumatize my family, put us oh, all in handcuffs. Uh, the only one who didn't get handcuffs was the last one out of the house, my mom. So they, you know, were pointing guns at us with lasers and everything. It's all on our oh, ring video. Wow. That's yeah, so they're yelling at us before the sun's coming out up. And you know, FBI open up. And, you know, banging on the door. Yeah, it was traumatizing for sure. For, for, and for then they, you know, they were very uh, worried about maybe catching COVID-19. So they had to interrogate everyone to find out if anyone <laughs> might have been in contact with someone who may have had <laughs> right. uh, symptoms of COVID-19. And they were very concerned that I wasn't going to wear a mask. So they tried to put one on me several times, which I <sighs> wow. was handcuffed. And I told them you could talk to my lawyer. So I was not talking to them, but I needed to get it off. So I kind of used my jaw to move it around. And then they wrote in the report that I had chewed through five masks. Wow. I know exactly how I would characterize it, but they're very okay. dramatic. You know, I'm, they're big, tough, uh, you know, SWAT team, but they're very afraid of germs, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get just that. I, I, the idea that they would keep in mind, I mean, the audience that uh, he was in, it, he set foot inside the Capitol for 36 seconds or something. And, and that required a, a pre-dawn raid with the SWAT team. I mean, those are, those are our tax dollars doing that. And, you know, unfortunately I would yeah. say that all the conservatives out there that conservatives were the ones who love this stuff. They love the SWAT teams and the raids that they supported all that when they started, uh, you know, bringing those out in the eighties and the nineties. And now they're being, you know, they, I didn't hear any complaints until they, they raided Mar-a-Lago 
And then suddenly it's abolished the FBI, which is a good thing. I think we should at this point. But uh, so you, you here you were. I mean, that what what is your family? And I, I don't know what your what your what your family status is. But before this happened, did your family uh, support all of what you were doing, or do they think you were crazy, like my family generally thinks I am? Well, uh, my sisters basically have gone left wing, but the rest of them are supportive. That's good. But, but after, after, like, what did, what did your sisters think, for instance, after this? this they don't talk to us anymore. I mean, my one sister does it now, but, you know, <laughs> that's what happens with the liberals. They just cut you off. So, But it, even after, I mean, they knew that, I mean, they presumably they would be concerned with your mom's welfare, that they're, they're having a pre-dawn SWAT team raid, and they, they thought you deserved that? They thought they acted appropriately for something? I, for didn't, you- I didn't talk. My, my older sister, I still haven't talked with her about it. My younger sister, I didn't talk to her until right before I was sentenced. She finally was able to hear my side of the story. And then she wrote a letter in my support for the judge. So that was nice. But the other one still hasn't spoken with me. And um, But my brothers are both supportive. My parents have been supportive the whole time. My mom basically is an activist now in support of uh, J6ers. So she had just Great. retired right before it. Great. Well, that 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 will, uh, you know, that'll kindle your activist spirit. I mean, having, you know, being on the... Uh, being in, you know, in, in the face of something like that. I mean, having, I mean, that's just such overkill. And I, that's, this is exactly why I think maybe not to most of them, but that's the kind of spirit that caused a million people or however many to come like you did from California. Ashley Babbitt came from San Diego, California as well. People came from all around the country. And this is the closest thing we ever had in modern times to a show of, of really protesting just the general wasn't, it was about the election, but I think, and, you know, people were protesting these kinds of things and it's, it's, it's so terrible that the response to it has been more of these kind of raids, more of the heavy handed uh, stuff. And uh, they're just reinforcing what millions of us know. And they don't, they don't seem to care. I mean, do you, do you it, it, when they were looking at you, they did, they, I, I'm incredibly amazed that they're not embarrassed at doing that, that they're coming out in the pre-dawn and they have to know that, you know, there's nobody dangerous there. Certainly the rest of your family isn't. And you're, how, how do they consider you dangerous that you needed something like that? Literally no idea. It's bogus. It's incredible. It is, uh, Chris Grace has a, a question. Have, uh, uh, Mickey's not here now, but have any, do you know if anybody's uh, communicated with the, uh, the jailed people from the Gretchen Whitner hit kidnapping hoax? Is there a lot of similarities there? I haven't, have- no, I haven't heard from anyone that they have. <coughs> I know a lot of them got acquitted, so I don't know how many are, are left as jailed folks. Yeah, I know, but so, and just because I think maybe two or three, or I think over half of the people that were in on the plot were FBI informants. So yeah. to me, that that should discredit the entire thing. What what well, it obviously you- does? I mean, there was a hung jury and there was an acquittal. So uh, I yeah, I don't know how many are still left uh, from that. Yeah. What did you do? You- how do you feel? Because my my audience is very skeptical about Trump, as am I, and I know Mickey uh, Mickey still supports him. What are your thoughts on Trump at this point? Because a lot a lot of people as think opposed that, to who? Well, no, I mean, obviously there's there's he's he is the opposition at this point. But I mean, uh, do, do you if he's some and again I don't know why people would think he's if if really all this is to keep him out of the White House. I, I don't know how they think that, you know, that he would be allowed back in the White House at this point. But do, do you think if he got in, do you think he would, that he would pardon everyone, which he, he said, think, he said, okay, okay, well, we'll see if he does it. But 
Because do you do you think that he could have? Because a lot of people said he could have pardoned people before he left office. He could. Oh, have it's not opinion. He could have. Yeah, but and so is that that because I know Joe Biggs uh, has said that he he's confident that Trump will pardon. I I hope he does, but uh, I, I I don't know. I, I have my doubts at this point. But um, I'm looking. Well, the thing that we have doubts about is how's he going to get into office, even if he gets a billion zillion votes, the thing's rigged. So no right. state legislature has done what they need to do for us to have election integrity. Right. So really, it's going to take a miracle. So I think we should yeah. all still vote because it's not hard. Yeah. But we got to pray for a miracle. What are your have you or what are your thoughts on? I didn't get to ask Mickey about uh, Vivek or Ramaswamy. He seems to be the one who's talking mostly about January 6th. I don't think any other candidate is. What are your opinions of him? Trump has talked about it. Well, yeah, Trump. Obviously, Trump's involved in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, other than him, I would say they're all rhinos, obviously. Yes, I don't think any of them, even if they did mention J6, they would, it would be in a negative way. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Chris has another question. What, what, do you, what do you think of what do you think of the Whitmer uh, kidnapping protesters being FBI? Do you think that, again, that lends credence to what a lot of us, including Tucker Carlson, were talking about the number of... Of course it does, but you don't even need that. So go to stophate.com slash J6 and click on secret agents. We got a list. A, a, lot of the, a lot of the secret agents are named. They're known. We know who they are. So it's not like, were there? It's not like, were there? It's like, how many were there? How many were there? Exactly. What, 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 do, what do you think of... what? What is the status? I mean, Ray Epps has been the most visible... Person uh, Tucker talked about him a lot. Uh, he still hasn't been prosecuted, as far as I know. I, I yeah, he's he's awaiting sentencing. Oh yes, okay. Yeah, he was we, supposed to have a sentence like two or three days ago. I think they moved it to January, so we can look forward to him having like a five hundred dollars restitution. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say I think I think he'll come out better than any of the rest of you guys would be my guess because I mean the idea that he could. Appear in the He's the only one I know of who got a plea deal the day after his charging. Yeah. Well, it took so the, the fact that I mean, you think something like Owen Troyer. Owen Troyer is on videotape telling people not to go into the Capitol that they're being right. set up. It's a setup, and somehow that's not exculpatory. Well, and, he said 1776. So yeah, yeah. No. We can't say that. No, <laughs> Used to be something the the ulti, the ultimate form of patriotism to say 1776, but uh, we can't. Well, talk I don't about think it. patriotism is allowed to either so no no not that kind, that kind of i don't know what patriotism means at this point but and then you have ray apps who is on video tell urging people to go inside and people chanting fed 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 i mean it couldn't be more obvious and yet the new york times has a story on him a sympathetic portrayal where he lashes out a conspiracy theorist like what yeah well so, the mockingbird media is really uh likes him I don't, I don't know they actually haven't written anything positive about anyone else it's the only j6 that's uh, gotten some positive press so you know that does kind of uh lend some credence to the theory that he is a fed asset that i mean there's a lot of people in in, in my audience that, that express this kind of view do you think there's a remote possibility that trump was part of the setup ray Epps wouldn't be there if trump didn't have everyone there and wash his hands of them. A lot, a lot of people are suspicious of of, of Trump, and they think of that course he, there's a remote tiny possibility <clears throat> that Trump was part of the setup. Absolutely. I mean, because I mean, it certainly seemed like he. And, and again, you talk about him st stopping the uh, fighting to stop the steal. <clears throat> what he was doing was uh, kind of this ineffective behind the scenes stuff. And of course, he, the Republican Party had no interest in 
and fighting this at all. And that's, I think that was a mistake from the very beginning at the party. As the right. But I mean, if that's going to be your stance, then don't raise all the money saying that's what you're going to do. Right. Exactly. Because I think, you know, yeah, exactly. And that, that's the thing with Trump. I mean, to me, I, I, you know, I don't know how he could have opened any of his rallies without starting with the political prisoners in Washington, D.C. But to me, he, he, well, advances. he, has, he does. Well, he does now, but he took a long time and he, and he visited Ashley. He's he mentioned, definitely late to the party. Yes. He, he, he mentioned Ashley Babbitt uh, first and he, I know Ashley's mom loves him. And uh, he visited her, and I'm sure that had a lot to do with it, and talked to her and everything. But uh, to me, he could have. Uh, I, I think he makes it so much about himself. You know, well, yeah. is, I mean, that's, is, that's just the way he's always been. So yeah, when you surprise anyone, when you have all those people, so you you serve. It's worked in our favor, you know, for him to be that way. Yeah, well, it's and again, he as you said, he's. He's regardless of what he is, he is the voice of the, he is the face of the opposition at this point. I mean, that's, that's, there's, you know, there's nobody else has been put up as that and everybody else, uh, somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy, he has questionable stuff in his background too. And he's not, he's not going to get the kind of attention uh, that Trump does. How how was your experience? You were in prison for uh, 60 days. Was it in DC? And what, what kind of experience was that for you? So I was in jail for about three weeks in um, Fannin County, just north of where I am right now. And uh, that's in Texas. And then I was in prison in Bastrop, which is just near Austin. Uh, okay. Texas. So that was uh, for the rest of the two months. And I would say during the jail, it was uh, they called it COVID quarantine lockdown for 24 hours a day. That was torture. Um, and actually, I was remembering one thing today about jail. I never felt like I was clean or like sanitary. It was very disgusting. Um, when I was in prison, I at least was able to feel a little bit more like, you know, I could, I could be clean. You know, you, obviously you're wearing shower shoes to go to the shower, but uh, you know, at least you're, you know, you got your, once you, you know, to get your hygiene taken care of, you can change into a clean set of clothes or whatever. So uh, I would say zero out of five stars is what I would rate it and uh, wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I'm not going back. Yeah. Well, let's listen. We, we, we should all feel that way. But I mean, it's the idea that any of you <clears throat> had to serve any time at all. My heart goes out to those people that have been in there for almost three years now. Did I all do process? And I, I just, it's, it's incomprehensible to me that that could happen. And there is almost no uproar about it. I, I don't hear any, like I said, there's no civil libertarians. The ACLU doesn't care at all. I mean, they're supposed to be the American Civil Liberties Union, regardless of how prejudiced they are. Uh, at one time, they used to defend Nazis and the KKK and everything. It wasn't that long ago. They, they defended everybody, <clears throat> but they're not defending the J6 people. Nobody is. There's no there's no high-profile high attorney that's came out and said, this is ridiculous. I, I'll take your case. I mean, did you? Well, there was, uh, there was the one guy. What's his name? Uh the high pro well, when you say high profile attorney, Alan Dershowitz, I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, he's spoken in our favor. Well, yeah, he, he but yeah, it's, I, you know, it's, you need people like because, and the idea that nobody, and so I said Tucker Carlson was a valuable platform. He had you on, he did talk about this, he showed the video. And and he also did, uh, he did a little series that was like a three parts documentary. So that was also pretty good. That was early on. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, 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 he made, 
Yeah, that was I, I think it was on Fox News Nation, News Nation, something like that. It was on. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was pretty decent. I mean, it was, you know, I don't know if it was as, as maybe yours is better, I'm sure. But do you do you do you know Gary McBride? Yeah, we, the new one coming out. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to see it. Do you know Gary McBride, the guy I've been mentioning a couple times? Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, he's he's in the same circles as me. Uh, you know, so before I got sentenced, which was really just June, uh, I had kind of a what you might call a gag order. So I wasn't really communicating with many people, and I was doing most of my work behind the scenes at that point. So uh, I'm kind of coming out a little bit more now. So uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in the same scene, you know, of J6 investigators, uh, video editing and all that kind of thing. Do you, do you fear, uh, speaking out now publicly, do you fear they're going to come after you for something else? Um, well, I mean, we do have, a what's it called from common law, like uh double jeopardy, right? Right. For that. But I mean, it's, you know, it seems like they can, I don't know, they, <laughs> they can get you for anything. I mean, again, the, what, what they're, what's happening. And I, I think, again, I'm even my audience, I, I keep trying to tell it doesn't matter what you think about Trump. I mean, I, I, I said, I'm an agnostic on him, but uh, these prosecutions that they're, they're, they're putting him on trial for the most absurd things possible. The vote fraud thing could apply to any of us. I mean, they tried you for going in the Capitol, but they could come after yeah, I mean, they could come after me for talking about it on my show. Uh, they could really, and this precedent was set with Trump. If he gets convicted, which he will, he gets convicted of everything. He has no chance in these courtrooms uh, with these judges and whatever, you know, juries. Well, they try to change the venue. Was well, yeah. Well, yeah, he should certainly. That, but... Well, I, I hope he does. But it, it, the idea is they could come after, you know, any of us. For talking about we're, we're election denial or whatever they maybe they'll just make that the official name of it. Same thing with um, you know him being charged with the other stuff. There's, I mean, I, I wouldn't surprise me if Trump at some point is just can is prosecuted for being conspiracy pushing conspiracy theories or something or promoting misinformation or just that's almost to the point where yeah I don't know what statute that would be under but yeah it's basically <laughs> where we're at like it's Orwellian for sure and that's like I said I came into this thing as a free speech guy so to me that's. That's one of the biggest things, you know, and that's really what they're attacking. They're attacking. I mean, it's the chilling of the First Amendment. They they want us to be afraid that they'll come and arrest us if we disagree, and whether that's if we're assembling, if we're speaking, if we're doing press, if it's religion. Like, if you're just redressing your grievances, no, you can't do any of that. Yeah. Do, do you Basically, think any that clause in the First Amendment they are against? Well, yeah, I mean, they're. I, I think they're. You know, they they really hate the Bill of Rights. We know that. I mean, they 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 want to get rid of that, obviously. But go down the line. Yeah, but I mean, they don't remotely believe in it, so even though they're they're sworn to uphold it. But does it does it does it that it seems to me that again the reaction to the reaction to what has happened in January six in in a in a country that really had eighty million people that was awake. Um. It seems like the reactions to be a much bigger march on Washington, millions. And uh, do you think the reason that hasn't happened is because people are understandably frightened? Look what they did to the January six people. I don't want to go sit in prison. I mean, it's 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 terrible because there's I, I don't know what the answer is. What do you think the answer is? You can't we can't vote ourselves out of this because I, we don't we don't trust the process. Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, I think the answer's got to be a miracle. It's got to be prayer. 
And so, you know, we got to follow the Bible. We got to follow God. And the Bible says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, the the solution. So that's what we got to do. And what is what is that solution for those of us that don't have, have the right to tip? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, I don't have it in front of me. You know, basically seek His face, then He will hear from heaven and heal the land. Well, I think that we're in a spiritual battle, and I I say yeah. that all the time. I mean, we're we're up against. The for, I mean, the force that, that compelled law enforcement, for instance, to come to your house pre-dawn to disturb a family like that, totally unnecessary. Even, even if they had to come to your house at all, they don't need to do that. They don't They don't need to come. Yeah, literally, we had arranged for a self-surrender. Yeah, I mean, that's it's even more ridiculous. But I mean, there's... I think they wanted to confiscate my devices, which I finally got back like uh, this month or last month. Hmm, hmm. Looking for more thought crimes, but uh, the idea that they can they can do that, and I, I think that where does that what's the inspiration for that? To me, that's the darkest force imaginable. That's why I say we're 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 opposing the dark one. This is this is a satanic thing that we're. I, I don't. How else do you explain yes. them doing what they're doing to people? I mean, sending sending somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. Satanic, demonic. I mean, the Bible says we know that we are from God, and the whole world is in the power of the evil one. And people say, well, you know, it would be in the news. No, they're in on it too. Like, yeah, absolutely. They sat on the Epstein story for three years at ABC because they didn't want to offend the royal family. You know, so yeah, these people are all in on it. There really is a cabal. And Time Magazine even said it, you know, uh, they called it a cabal and they said that we're not rigging it, we're fortifying the election. Okay. Fortifying. It's just a euphemism. You're rigging it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and they, there's, and this point, you know, I, I have a lot of a lot of my audience uh, has been for a long time anarchists, and I, I was never an anarchist. But I don't have an. What do you say? I mean, I don't have an argument for the anarchists anymore because I I don't know what authority we have that deserves well, our respect. Be happy. That's what we've got now. Yeah, because we well they. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what makes them happy. But, well, well, the it, problem it, is, I think it is one of these horseshoe things because what we've got going on here is like anarcho tyranny. You know, yes, is, that's the problem is because the, there's there's still definitely an authority, a heavy handed authority. touched on this in the police state movie. How do you have such an authoritarian state and then wide open borders, like complete lawlessness? <laughs> yes, that's why I tried to tell people about the the COVID narrative from the very beginning. And I, you know, I wrote the book Masking the Truth: How COVID nineteen destroyed civil liberties and shut down the world. Sherry Tenpenny wrote the forward for that. And that's the most shadow banned book in the country. Unbelievable the games they're playing with that. But I tell it's a lot of the other critics of the, are not saying this, but from the very beginning, you could tell this was not what it was portended to be because they didn't shut down the borders in a real pandemic, a right. deadly illness. That's the first thing you would have done. You would have sealed the borders. They never did. They left them wide open. Politics did not change. And well, they that, even went so far as saying that the BLM riots were actually slow the spread, but the Trump rallies would spread were super spreaders. Yes. Oh, yes, exactly. We talked about all that. You were you had uh, I think it was de Blasio in New York said he banned all demonstrations except Black Lives Matters. What? I mean, it's like, you, know, you expect us to take you seriously when you're doing this? I mean, yeah, I mean, you go to the restaurant, the germs are going to come get you while you're standing. But if you sit down, then they won't. Oh, so oh very I, germs. I spend a lot of time about that. And, you know, I, I, I talked in my book about how uh, 
Anthony Fauci, that was one of the things, apparently it was a book that came out later that quoted him. That was one of the things he was most amused at. And I, I remember when they did the restaurant thing, I, I would rant and rave. I said, okay, let's, let's, okay, we're safe. We're past the opening. We take, we're at our table. Thank goodness the virus can't get us here so we can take our, it was so stupid. And he apparently was amused to no lengths about that, that people were, you know, wearing a mask to enter a restaurant, but took it off at their table. And of course it was his decree, but uh, that shows you the kind of respect. And they, they laugh at us. I think they really do. Well, I actually uh, was arrested a couple times before January 6th. I got arrested in September in San Francisco for not wearing a mask on a bus. And then I got arrested for uh, not wearing a mask at a gas station Taco Bell in Wyoming. <laughs> wow. So what, what happened to you then? Did they throw the book at you? What was the penalty for that? There's no law. For yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a mandate. What the hell is a mandate? So what they do is they say it's you're trespassing because we told you to leave because you wouldn't leave because you, we wanted you to wear a mask. Okay. So I guess I'm a serial trespasser now. I trespass on buses. I trespass on Taco Bells, you know, public buses. You know, I pay my fare. It's a weird yeah. kind of a trespassing. Yeah. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, trespass where I'm going to buy a taco at a Taco Bell gas station when I'm driving to D.C. But, uh, yeah, they, they dropped the charges in uh, – San Francisco, but I think the guy over there just drops charges for every crime because he wants the city to be overrun with criminals. So I don't right. think he actually reads them. He just stamps them all. That guy's gone, but uh, you benefited from, from the <laughs> yeah. weather down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, in terms of Wyoming, I had a year of uh, basically a year of uh, probation or whatever, and then they uh, dropped the charges after that. So, so you had this because I, I, and I, uh, I wish and there was one other arrest. Oh, what was the other arrest for? Uh, in Atlanta at Stop the Steal, um, we were marching around the building, and I stepped into the street for a couple steps. <laughs> and you were arrested for well, you have you have trouble with where you're stepping. That's <laughs> where you're stepping, boy. That uh, so that was trespassing in the street, or how, what kind of charge is that? Yeah, what was that charge? I don't even know. I pled uh, no contest and got time served. Uh, they told me that. That would only show up if uh, on my record if I was in Atlanta. So I just wasn't wow. too worried about it. I moved on. But I got my uh, Atlanta mugshot like Trump. So for stop the steal. <laughs> well, I have to give the, he, he definitely uh, turned heads with his mugshot. But I mean, I you know again, I, I again, I think that this is so much theater with him. But um, what what is your you know obviously you were in trouble for the last election. I can you know. <laughs> like millions of people uh, thinking something wasn't uh, on the up and up about it. What do you think's going to, I mean, we, we know that there's no honesty involved or whatever. I can't figure out what they're going to do in 2024. If they're going to run Biden, if they're going to bring Michelle Obama in, uh, if they're, you know, if, if Trump really isn't on, on it, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him elected maybe from a prison cell or something. I, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you, th what do you think might happen? Oh, yeah, that might happen. Or they might just forego the election altogether. They might just start World War III and say, we can't hold an election right now. We're in a war. Yeah, yeah, they, they could do that. That's, I mean, people have obviously been talking about that for a long time. They get COVID, you know, they, they keep talking about variants and COVID coming back and everything. And Climate so, lockdown, cyber polygon, hacking crisis. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of options that globalists have up their sleeves. Yeah, that's and that's you know that's so you obviously were uh, unlike Mickey who obviously had a 
a terrible tragedy happened and that kind of woke her up in the worst way possible. But I don't get the idea that she was much of an activist before that. You're you're in this thing. I mean, you you obviously have been uh, you know doing this at least for a while. When did you when Trump ran in 2016? Is that were you aware politically before that, or were you just inspired by his really good revolutionary rhetoric during the campaign? Yeah, back then I was just doing the pro life stuff. So you know, I'm glad that he got us uh, some Supreme Court justices that would overturn Roe v. Wade. That's a good start for the pro life movement. Do you do you think that because uh, at this point the Supreme Court is the only hope for Trump and I, I they haven't had a great record outside of Roe versus Wade on some things. Uh, there are a couple other good things they've done recently. Well, they 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 they, they have obviously done better than us, but I, I it'll be interesting to see about the election. I don't know they want to go there because again, well, this you is, know, I was, I was disappointed when they didn't take the Texas case. Yeah, that's a, that's what so they say. Really that showed, you know, that they were afraid that they didn't want. Yeah, to yeah, and if um, they won't touch in it, terms of, uh, you know. in terms of J six, it looks like they're actually going to take up the fifteen twelve, which is the most serious case. That's the most serious charge. Explain, explain what that is. What that is. Fifteen twelve is uh, the obstruction charge. Okay, and so, so I carries twenty years. That that was one of the charges I was charged with. Trump is charged with. Uh, but there's Fisher, Miller, Lang. They were charged with it and uh, got dismissed uh, by Judge Nichols. And uh, the government opposed that and it went to the appeals court, went uh, beyond that to the Supreme Court. And they decided they're going to hear it. So uh, we're going to find out what they decide on that. I can't imagine them not ruling in our favor, though, because it's really bogus. The charge itself is like an Enron thing. And they used it for, uh, you know, paper shredders. So nobody was shredding papers on January 6th. Really, <laughs> the obstruction of uh, an official proceeding is well. If the Supreme Court does react the way they hope they would, and and does something, uh, tries to rein in the tyranny, there's so much of it. How do you think, especially if they do, if they did something like if they tried to the fifteen twelve thing, if they try to block or overturn essentially some of these January 6th convictions? I mean, how the media. And, you know, the deep state itself, how would they respond? I mean, I, I don't, you know, this is, we've never seen this kind of ingrained, uh, we, we are more corrupt, I think, than any country has ever been in the history of the world. And I just, I just don't think they will accept any loss as much as I think that if uh, Trump somehow did get an office and was, or was able to pardon all the January 6th people, I, I just think they would become, I think you'd see riots over that. I mean, I don't, what, what would you think the reaction would be? Uh, we'd have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Soros-controlled Antifa would have a lot of uh, things to do. But, you know, I mean, Trump could crack, could crack down on that. We, I remember when the riots were happening from BLM and all that, I was kind of hoping he would send in tanks and helicopters. Well, and that's, that's what a lot of us looked at is that the country was burning down. And again, you talk. It wasn't an insurrection, but it was a, a lot more damage was being called caused than anything that happened on January sixth. And you know, statues were being torn down. You talk about anarchy. Uh, buildings set fire. Police stood down. They were kneeling down with some of the fists. And and Trump was the president during that time. And that's what a lot of people said. You know, he where where is this tyrant? They claim he's you know he's a dictator and stuff. He didn't he didn't send the national guard and he didn't do anything. So I think that's that a lot of us lost face with him over that. And he's a, 
He's a, he's a whipping boy for this. There's no question. He's there. He's the one they keep coming back to. And I think his symbolically, he represents uh, the opposition, you know, the dissenters. I mean, basically they're trying to, when they punish him, it's basically, I think is a warning to the rest of us. Is that, you know, you, you don't go there. Don't complain about elections anymore. Don't do this. Don't do that. If they, if they do put him up on disinformation or something, that's the one that really frightens me. If they do that, if they try to, uh, you know, ingrain something like disinformation or, or hate speech or something like that into our law, it's all over for, I mean, you know. Well, remember the Douglas Mackey case, this yes, guy basically yes, got prosecuted yes. for posting a meme. They call it yeah. election interference. Yeah. So yeah. they could, they could use that angle. Yeah. And unfortunately he, I think he served 30 days or something, but he could have gotten seven years. I mean, the fact he was prosecuted at all, I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, the fact that you were, the fact that, I mean, Owen Troyer was, I mean, Owen Troyer didn't even go inside. You were in there for 36 seconds. Uh, I don't, I don't understand how. You're familiar with the case of Jeremy Brown? Uh, I've heard the name. Describe He's another J6er. He actually, uh, before January 6th, the FBI came to his house. He was an Oath Keeper. And they said, you know, that they wanted him to be an asset for him. And he recorded the whole conversation. After January 6th, they started arresting people. He went and published it, the phone call. So, or, or the, you know, not the phone call, the recording. So everyone could see that they wanted to come and recruit him. And then they arrested him after he released that. And wow. he got framed for, uh, they like planted some grenades or something at his place in Florida. So he actually had that trial, mm -hmm. got convicted on that. And he still has his January 6th trial pending. And he's, in prison in Florida, he actually uh, was running for uh, something congressional. I don't know if he still is, uh, but yeah, from jail. What kind of sentence did he get for the uh, grenades? I'd uh, have to pull it up, I guess. Okay, Jeremy Brown, if you look that, yeah, that's just, and that's, there's so many stories like that. Is that, uh, you know, and I, I'm just looking in there, and then, and then, okay, here it is. My audience is very up to it. Jeremy Brown got seven years total. Seven years, jeez. And he hasn't gotten his J6 uh, conviction yet oh. or trial. And so again, just something else while he was waiting now. Well, he was he's basically when he's showing what the kind of entrapment they were trying to do, that that's a whistleblower. And you see what happens to whistleblowers. I mean, look at Julian Assange and Edward Snowden, Manning. I mean, these people are are still uh they're not really free in any sense of the word because and they all they did was uh, blow the whistle people at much lower levels there and that's what this guy was doing he's trying to say look what look what they were trying to do to me here so we're going to punish you so it's it's very I, I don't know and I don't know what you're uh, if you do you do you have children or anything what do you you know no I'm still you, single okay I was going to say I wonder what you what you would tell your children or whatever you know I mean my my uh, my son fortunately is a is uh, my only ally in my family. He's probably listening, watching the show. I feel pretty confident he's the only member of the family that watches the show all the time. So he's, um, but it's, it's tough because when you, especially when the popular opinion, you know, and I'm talking about the culture has demonized you guys. I mean, you're not going to see a skit on Saturday Night Live uh, spoofing what's happening to you all in terms of, you know, these are awful tyrants that are doing this to you, they may, maybe they would make a skit making fun of January 6th people, but it, it's tough to, I mean, in terms of your sister or other people like that, that I, I, you know, I see this all the time. 
where they respond to that because they don't, you've been demonized and they just, they just look at it like, well, this is, you know, this is my impression and you can't convince them otherwise. You know, this is, you know, this is obviously they should know. God, my, you were inside 36 seconds. They had a pre-dawn raid. That should have been enough to convince anybody really. I mean, maybe they think you're guilty of some other stuff or something, but I mean, that's, it's just a sad story. I don't, so Anything, any other impressions that you saw when you were in uh, DC that we should do? Did, did you see Ray Epps there? Did you, did you know who he was or anything? Uh, actually, um, he was in a, Arizona when I was there for Stop the Steal there. And uh, oh. yeah, Lar Logan actually uncovered that he was taking pictures of me in Baked Alaska. Well, we don't really know why. Oh, really? Interesting. So, so this guy was, he was making the rounds like a, like a future patsy assassin or something, you know, they, they, they yeah, tend to lived, show up in places like that. He lived in the same town as, uh, as baked Alaska. The other, uh, uh he was the one who recorded me on in the building that day. Now you, you mentioned the shaman and there, a lot of people know him and he ended up, yeah, he was there too. That same and, day. And so what, what is you, is he your friend? What is your impression of him? Uh, no, I just, I just saw him, uh, at stop the steal before then. So, uh, yeah, I mean he's a true patriot. I'm a I'm Christian, so I don't believe in shamanism. So we have right. a difference in uh, religion, but I, I I agree with him uh, obviously in terms of patriotism. He's a true. Well, didn't he? I, I, and I think part, Tucker Carlson had no small part, played no small part in that. But didn't they uh, commute the rest of his sentence? Isn't he out free now? So Tucker Carlson uh, showed the evidence and stuff, but that had nothing to do with why he got out. He got out because. His time uh, was served. He got a little bit of First Step Act, which is thanks to Trump, uh, having to do with doing a drug program that he qualified for because of mushrooms. Okay, so he, so that was, but, uh, well, that's interesting. Because, I mean, I, I think a lot of us were amazed that, to me, I don't know how that story didn't completely collapse after that video. Because to see millions of people saw him being escorted and I mean, in a friendly way, those cops were not antagonistic to him at all. I mean, they were, you know, opening doors for him. And uh, there was, you know, and then to see the inside the uh, Senate chamber or whatever it was when uh, the one guy is just sitting down and acting like he might be hurt. And uh, and then I think it was the shaman that led led the guests and led everybody in a prayer. I mean, it's like it, this, this doesn't... It, these are not looking like any kind of evil people that are trying to overthrow the government here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that evidence was basically withheld from him and he had a bad lawyer give him some bad advice to take a plea agreement. And he actually pled to that 1512 that I was telling you about, which was so bogus. Oh, okay. Um, and that's why he got the four year sentence and really because they wanted to make him the face of the insurrection, you know, but there well, was no insurrection. No, and, but I mean, the fact that they did try to make him the face of it with his outfit and everything, it's its kind of amazing that he didn't. I mean, Joe Biggs got 17 years, and I'm yeah. not sure what Joe Joe Biggs is. is he was but Joe Biggs went to trial, so he actually yeah. faced all his charges, whereas uh, the Q Shaman then just had the one charge, 1512, which carries 20 years, but uh, as a max, but they, you know, they gave him the four. Yeah, no, and I think it's. Uh, I'm just looking for uh, my, my audience is obviously very skeptical of Trump and uh, <clears throat> and I understand, but you are too. You you sound you don't you sound like you're a, a skeptical of Trump as well. But you're you're I guess you're yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's I think there's a minute chance that he was in on it. 
Um, probably he wasn't, but um, he was late to the game and he should have pardoned us. He should have given us a shout out and gotten our fundraisers funded. He, uh, yeah, he was late to the game and now he says he's going to pardon us if he gets elected. Well, frankly, he should have put in measures in place to stop the steal from happening in the first place. So that was his first mistake. I mean, he was talking about the election being rigged long before it was rigged. He knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have plenty of complaints of obviously not happy about warp speed, but, uh, yeah. but again, like I said, originally it's like compared to who, like, as opposed to what, you know? Right. And, and, and with the, um, the thing is that you know he really, the fact that he he allowed the uh, the, the all the the changes in the mallet mail in ballots, and of course that was all tied to the crazy COVID stuff. That's what changed things because before the twenty twenty election, the only people that really did mail in ballots were like uh, maybe uh, people in the military that were you know they were not a yeah absent or absentees and. Uh, but the mail-in ballot, well, that was not a common thing at all. But again, well, the they, unsolicited mail-in ballot is the real scandal. Like there's yeah. some seven of them to your house. You got two people living there. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact that if you're, if you're just basically, and a lot of people are just too apathetic, if you're too lazy to do that, again, you know, it's like they should, they made it impossible not to vote, I guess. Or they just keep sending you ballots. Okay. You know, and I, I just think that's very, uh, it's a huge part of the of the steal for sure. Yeah, it says and Catherine Z talks about Trump's demeanor was weird. And well, I, I tell you, you know, there and, and we, I've seen the video, and I, I have to tell you, during his speech, his hair was uh, you know the blonde we usually see it, and then when he came on and made a videotape speech urging people to go home, it was white. Have you seen that? I mean, people have, have commented on that. I don't know what that means. It sends you down the rabbit hole, but it's well, very different lighting, color grading on that. As a video editor, I can. Yeah, on. that's that's fair. But I mean, if you. Uh, but I will say, uh, I'm pretty sure they showed other takes uh, eventually that. I have some that day. But, um, you know, that speech I was not impressed by because I had been to Trump rallies before and he was doing his usual stick. Yeah. And I was like, why are you not using this as an opportunity to actually show the evidence of the fraud? This would be the perfect. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's and of course he, whatever you think about him, he definitely did not urge people. He said, "Go to the Capitol, and make your voice be heard." He, he said, "Peaceful," and and, and all that. So it's a I, I, somebody, somebody. I want to see who this. Is. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm trying to. Hi, Marie. Who? Hello. I, how are you? Fine. How did you? I, I'm sorry. I don't. Mom. I, 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 oh, it's your mom. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Well, glad to hear. I wonder how you how you came into the stream. Well, it's you. So you were the one, the only one that uh, wasn't handcuffed or whatever during the pre-dawn raid. Excuse me, I didn't understand what you said. What? What? what the, during the pre-dawn raid at at, at your house, uh, oh, yes. Daniel was saying everybody else was handcuffed, but you're the only one that was spared that. Yeah. So whether they run out of handcuffs or maybe they were afraid of me, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> you might have intimidated them, huh? So what do you, what do you, I mean, you, you must be beside yourself in what your son has had to go through. And, and this is obviously, I'm guessing you probably had a more favorable opinion of our government before this happened, right? Has this changed the way you look at America? 
Oh, yes. You know, I came to America. I'm French. I came to America in 1981. And for me, that was beautiful. That was, you know, the country of my dream. Huh? And, uh, and then when all this happened, I think um, if nothing else, this has opened the eyes of many Americans to see that America that we have now, and, and even that we had then, was not the America that we thought we had. And that's yeah. very heartbreaking. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, so you're, before this happened, did you think your son, like, you know, my, my family just kind of always thought I was a rabble rouser and a, a, you know, just a crazy guy, you crazy conspiracy theorist. What, what, what were your, did you, is that the way you thought of your son before this until you, you suddenly had the police pointing guns at you in a pre-dawn raid? Well, my, my son first is a Christian and he has done lots of Christian, like, I don't know if you can say Christian activism or evangelism or both, but, uh, you know, he does street preaching. He, he goes to, uh, different places to preach the gospel, to, to lead people to the Lord. So that's his main purpose to go to San Francisco actually and be there. But yes, we, we kind of thought it was a little bit strange about some conspiracy theory that he had about certain things. But then we realized that all oh, this is true. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And so I can tell you that we have turned from uh, incredulous people about those things to people that, yeah, we know it's true now. And, uh, and it's even worse than even what Daniel was saying in those days. Yeah. I mean, that's and when you're confronted with it, when you see it playing out like that, it doesn't get any more in your face than the police raiding your house. And you're probably thinking, you know, you, I, I'm sure you, could you ever picture that happening in, in France? Well, maybe in France, actually, you know, I mean, the German did that in France, you know, with the Gestapo and all. Well, yeah, but I mean, that was, that was <laughs> but this this is our own government, don't you? This is not, yeah. we're not involved in a war, right? But does yeah. it seem like the, the maybe the government's at war with their own people? That's the that's the impression I get. It is, it is pretty crazy. It, it really is. But, you know, because of that, I got involved. I was not a, an activist like Daniel was. And um, I got involved after that when he was arrested in uh, all kind of J6 uh, stuff, uh, and I am still am. Um, I have a group of uh, J6ers that I'm uh, the admin for the group, one of the admins, and we created that in 2021. And, you know, uh, the group has grown because uh, people are arrested every day and still today. And uh, But we have a great uh, J6 families. Uh, we love each other, lots of Christians. And... Um, it just, it just uh, the silver lining, I guess, of all this horror, you know, that we have. Met so you have like a, it's like a J6 support group. You get to meet other family yeah. members. We haven't, oh. we met twice in person, but we, 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 we have a chat group. So we talk to each other all the time and we help each other one way or the others. And uh, I'm also um, involved with the Patriot Mount project. And that I did that at the very beginning uh, as soon as Paula Calloway, we opened the Patriot Mount project, and that was July the 4th, 2021. And this has been uh, for me a passion because I know um, the ones that are in jail, and even the ones that are not in jail, they love receiving mail from others that understand what they are going through. So uh, that's really wonderful that 
that this has happened, that I was able to join that group as a volunteer. And Parakalaway is the one who started it uh, back in, during the Bondi standoff. Uh, you know, I think it was 2008, I don't remember exactly, but anyway, so yeah, she reactivated that. And uh, I also thought I want to, people to know the stories of uh, G6, uh, G6ers and their families. So I started uh, G6 Patriot News with uh, Team Rivers. And Team Rivers started the Gulag, American Gulag Chronicle chat uh, or channel on Telegram. And because of that, that's when we started to get a lot of letters. Uh, people are received letters from people who are in jail. And we did the first book, The American Gulag Chronicles, uh, Letters from Prison. Because I thought, this is really history here. We have these people that are in prison unjustly. And this needs to be told to this country. People need to know. And I thought that was the an amazing uh, way to do, um, to show history in America, people being arrested for walking through doors, open doors. Absolutely. And also, um, so we have also the second book now that is going to be out probably in January. And um, so, yeah, I have a passion for this because I know these people, I cry with them almost every day. Have you have you have you been to, to to the DC vigil? Do you sing the national anthem with them? No, I haven't been to the vigil. Uh, I try to not be part of lots of things that are more visible and more like a person who likes to work in the background. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it must be comforting to to have uh, other family members. Daniel, have you ever gone to any of the support meetings that she goes to? Well, uh, the only time. I I've been allowed to go back to DC was for my sentencing. So I have not uh, been able to do the vigil. But how about you, have, what, what, what your mother does? Do you, do you go to any of those uh, support group meetings or anything? Well, no. So those were in other States. And I have, uh, before trial, I had pretrial conditions that I couldn't leave the Northern or Eastern district of Texas. And now oh, okay. post trial, I can't leave the Eastern district of Texas with the exception of three other counties in Texas. So I can't go to anything, but uh, that's over in August. Yeah, but we, yeah, we I go to various you know right wing events around here, and we advocate for J six or sometimes things with the American Patriot Relief Organization around here by uh, Mark and Jalise Middleton. There's some a couple other J sixers that are great patriots, and they have a great presentation they put on all across the state to let people know about what happened that day. Their their trial's coming up soon. Well, yeah. We're actually uh, praying, and the police came and attacked them. So that's what happened with them. <laughs> wow, it's just amazing. What, what, well, I mean, I'm I'm just thinking an immigrant like you from France, Marie, that you're you're coming here, and you're thinking this is the you know the the, the shining city on a hill, and this is the land of freedom and opportunity. This must be a a slap in the face to you. Cause I, again, I, I ask if you're ever, you're not world war two, but in present day France, I mean, would you, could you possibly, does anything like that happen in France now where they, they have their police come and pre-dawn raids and, and for people that are not obviously nonviolent criminals or not criminals at all. You know, I don't follow the French news that much. Uh, my husband does, but I don't for some reason, but I think uh, France is really crazy right now with uh, Macron the 
current president is a globalist, uh, so I assume probably some stuff like that is happening. They also have a full-on Muslim takeover there. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. You. You def I def That's definitely a a different thing. That uh, I'm trying to find what happened to my thing here. You know, a lot of people come to America for freedom. Well, when America is not free, where are people going to go? And even the whole concept of the United States of America, like right. to me, you know, it's a constitutional democratic republic. Well, the Constitution is just a piece of paper. If you don't follow, we don't have any rule of law and we have rigged elections. We don't have democracy. Our representatives don't represent us. We don't have a, you know, republic. Yeah. So... We don't have any of those things. We don't even have a border. Do we have a country? The only thing we have left are the actual American people. And even that continues to be diluted. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is that we, we look at, but I mean, do you, especially you, Daniel, does it, I mean, I, I get depressed just knowing that, uh, I mean, there are people, my family and friends and, uh, and in real life, just knowing that you can't, you can't reason with them. I mean, if they can see something like that, if they can be brainwashed or conditioned into thinking that you're a criminal because you went to Washington D.C. to pro to exercise your constitutional right of self uh, to assembly and to protest anything, and the fact that you did that and you were uh, maybe you weren't coerced like some of the others were, waved inside, but you weren't stopped from going inside. I don't understand how people cannot see how wrong that is, that you're not any kind of criminal. What, what do they think you, that you did that was so bad in those 36 seconds that were in there? Does, that, does anybody in your family or anybody that you know that had the nerve to tell you this is why they think you're a bad guy? Because what is it that you did that was so bad? What do they think you did? Well, people are worried that, you know, uh, one of the police was killed that day from a fire extinguisher. Right. And they're still, they're still promoting that lie. Jeez. jeez. Oh, that's unbelievable. And they're, his own family came out. If a million peoples are somewhere and then one person gets killed by someone else in the crowd, then everyone's guilty, right? Well, it turns out that didn't even happen. But if it did still, then yeah. that has anything to do with me? No, obviously not. Yeah. And the fire extinguisher story was, was passed around long after his own family said no. The medical examiner said no. There was, not, was nothing like that. But they can, and you still hear it to this day. And you'll still hear the four cops were killed. There were no cops killed. Why was it two or two or three committed suicide later, right? There were four who I would say committed suicide in scare quotes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But that's the, that's the official, uh, the official, but however you look at it, they weren't the January 6th protesters. They were killed by Trump supporters on January 6th. Right. They were not killed by that. That's the thing to remember. And yet, yet that's the, if the you look at it off like that. Yeah. And even, even Merrick Garland himself, I believe said that. Disgusting. Does not yeah. surprise me. No, it, I, I think Merrick Garland was like, he's still talking about, uh, you know, four cops died that day. It's like, you're, you're the attorney general of the United States. And you're passing on that kind of disinformation. I mean, this. Uh. So, Marie, who are you? Or, or do you still like Trump, Marie, or did you ever like him? No, uh, well, I didn't like Trump too much before the election, mm -hmm. and, but I didn't want to vote for the left, so I voted for him, and he just warned me about the things that he was doing. 
It still is pretty annoying sometimes with the thing it says. <laughs> yeah. I really don't care uh, because his acts uh, are what speaks the most to me. You know, he helped people. Um, the economy was great. Uh, even uh, the unemployment for minorities were was going down big time. And he, he did what he said he was doing. The only thing I have against him, I guess, maybe would be the the vaccine. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that a big problem for a lot of people. Yeah, he hasn't uh, recounted that, and um, you know, so that's kind of sad. But otherwise, he did pretty well, I think. And lots of people were like me, are like me. They they didn't want to vote for him, but they did, and they realized he did a good job. So we were won by the facts, not by just words like the left is. Well, by you know, like Biden is saying, the economy is fantastic right now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't they go to the grocery store? I'm wondering. I guess not. Yeah, he's Bidenomics. Yeah, I again, I don't know on, and I'm no Republican, but I, I I don't understand what any Democrat is running on. I mean, what do they what do they run on the this incredible economy and record inflation and uh, threats of World War Three? Adrenochrome. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> what is sad, though, is that what I see now really is a system that is going to give us only communists to vote for, like they do in communist countries. They're going to take all the Republican out, especially Trump. But, you know, who are we go going to vote for? For yeah. just communists. Yeah, well, we, we, don't, we don't have much choice. In and, and that's assuming, again, we, we are... I mean, I like Daniel, and unlike most of the people in the alt media, I will probably vote again because unless I have to wait in a long line, it's it's easy. You're in and out, and I'll go through the, you know, through the ritual and hope somehow they're counting my vote. But I certainly don't have confidence they are, especially after the last election. What? How do you counter that, Mickey? When you go, I don't I don't know again if you had that worry in France or not, but we ought to have that worry in America because especially after the last two elections, it was so obvious. Yeah, well, the, last time, the last time I voted as a French person at the, uh, the French consulate here in the U.S., it was paper ballots. It was paper. You get a paper, you get a, list, uh, I mean, a little stack of papers with names, and that's what you put in the box. So and it was like that last time I voted. I don't know how it is now, but... You know, well, that's what a lot of us would like, and but the electronic and but what what do you have? And Daniel, I'm sure knows this that you know you had Dominion, who used to be uh, Diebold, or used to be a long time ago, and they were lots. I mean, I I wrote in my book Hidden History about the history of uh, going back to vote scam that the Collier brothers wrote about in the '80s. We've had we've had you know scandals with the electronic voting machines, especially going back to them. But what do we do now? It's another again where you can be prosecuted because they they prosecute they went after Fox News. And threatened to go, and was just Rudy Giuliani was just, uh, I think, a jury awarded him $150 million to two election workers. So, how do you criticize these things? The electronic machines are obviously uh, not trustworthy, to say the least. What, what, Daniel, how do you look at that? I mean, there, you have people now that you're, you're in danger of being prosecuted if you criticize the electronic voting machines. Well, is it prosecution? Like, it Defamation lawsuit, I guess civil uh, or defamation. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, but I don't I, know. I, mean, I think with Rudy Giuliani, wasn't he? He was on the case with Trump, so that yeah. was that would have been criminal. That would have been prosecution, I think. 
And I think he took a plea deal. Yeah, it was a hell of a plea. Hunter. <laughs> maybe I'm mixing things up because uh, that might be a different case against him because a lot of people have well, cases we still have people that are fighting for election integrity, like David Clements and Joe Holtman uh, and some others. So hopefully there will be some change, but I don't know. Well, we need, yeah, we need to have, in Congress. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's and that's again, that's where the Republicans can. That's why so many of us get more irritated at them than the Democrats, because we know today's Democrats are what they are. And, you know, that, yeah, I think they're satanically inspired as, as I talked about with, with Daniel. I think these are people that come in from the darkest force possible. So you need, it's a spiritual battle, but the Republicans are supposed to be the opposition and they're just so weak. They just, you know, they just don't. Or are they? Yeah. yeah I, they, they don't have any, at least as bad as the Democrats are, they have principles. They're all twisted evil principles, but, but they have some. At least you know what they what. What are the Republican principles? I don't. I don't know what they stand for. They are. They have no. Well, maybe they're just the Democrat principles. Yeah, pretty much. It's been pretty much. But I mean, it's it's. Uh, what can you see here? Um, John Baskin said he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna vote for my producer Tony Ardburn. <laughs> Tony Ardburn for president. We talked about that before. I don't know. It's a very it's. It's hard to have much hope, but it's, uh, you know, it, it is interesting, though. It draws you in because I you do want to know what, what they have planned. And I, I have a sense that it's what they have planned. I don't know how much we have to do with it because I don't I don't know. With, with them keeping Trump off the ballot in Colorado and there are already several other states doing it. And I heard some Republicans in Congress or no, not in Congress and state representatives are trying to keep Biden off some some ballots. <laughs> but that would be good luck there. <laughs> that if that happened, if the shoe was on the other foot, it's you would hear nothing but nonstop, uh, you know, talk over the yeah. late. Night. I can see people writing in Trump, but I can't imagine anyone writing in Biden. I would think so. Some people on, on Twitter suggested that the red state should take Biden off the ballot. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's the same. It's it's again, it's Biden, Biden benefits from. Trump has supporters. He still has millions of people that love him. But uh, I, I don't know anybody that really likes. I think Biden, again, it's just he's not Trump. He's Trump. Well, opposition. Are you counting only alive people? Well, yeah, he does. He, he, he does very well amongst the dead. There's no doubt about that. The dead, the dead has never been a stronger voting block. Than and again, that ought to. But I'm surprised they haven't prosecuted somebody, Trump or somebody for that, for saying, uh, or Carrie Lake or something out in Arizona. I think she's in danger still. I mean, as obviously being robbed as the governor's race in 2022. I think she's, they've talked about prosecuting her and they may. So just how, what kind of precedent they're setting? And they, they have you people from January 6th who went to Washington to protest an election and a bunch of you are being prosecuted to varying degrees uh, for again protesting the real estate election, Donald Trump is being prosecuted for complaining. The same state where Stacey Abrams is still complaining about it in Georgia. And again, how, how does that happen? Is she going to be prosecuted? And now we have, you know, maybe Carrie Lake in Arizona. And it's just so I don't know how you win because if you can't, if you see something, uh, Sinister, and there was a lot of strange goings on. You know, ballots coming in the middle of the night. The late in the, the Pennsylvania changed the, uh, it, it, they just changed it uh, without going to the legislature uh, right before the election and said, uh, you don't have to be dated for the mail in ballots. We're just going to assume we got it before the election, which is 
that opens the door for fraud. And uh, unfortunately, Comey Barrett, Amy Comey Barrett, uh, who had just been appointed to the Supreme Court, she recused herself because Trump did take that to the Supreme Court before the election. She recused herself, so they went. And that's why I don't have a lot of confidence in her. I don't have any confidence in Kavanaugh either. Uh, what the, the Supreme Court will help him, but I hope he does. I, I don't know. But uh, Marie, any closing thoughts you have? We have a couple minutes here. Well, just continue praying for the country, for the Jessic Sirs, for their families, and uh, write them and uh, continue to fight for freedom. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's what we have to hope for. I mean, we have to, and it's people, it's people talking, especially seeing people like you who come here for, I wonder about any immigrants that come here and they think this is uh, something better. And I, I, I don't, to me, America at this point, does. It, I call it the world's wealthiest banana republic. I mean, what is, especially something like this, when you can, regardless of what you think of Trump, the, the leader in the polls, the presidential candidate who lost the last election in a disputed fashion is now being prosecuted. I mean, doesn't that, didn't that happen in just third world countries? Why, how is that? Wouldn't, is that what we would say if it was happening in uh, Nicaragua or Peru or something? Would, wouldn't we be saying, see, that doesn't happen here. Well, it's happening here. And that's, uh, you know, in my view, but uh, Daniel, I want to give you obviously to uh, sum up and uh, let, let us give out those links again and any, anything, your closing thoughts, anything, where will you go from here? Well, everyone needs to go to 1000daysofterror.com to watch that five-minute video that really shows what happened on January 6th, that Joshua Matthew Black got shot in the face at 1.07 p.m., and then an Antifa agitator pushed someone into the police line right at that moment. Uh, there's a lot of that um, information there. And then uh, stophate.com slash J6. We've got calls to action. People can donate to various fundraisers for J6ers. People can join the prayer group. People can write letters. You can uh, get that book my mom mentioned. It's all linked from there. And uh, if anyone's interested, they can also follow me on all my socials. Uh, DanielGoodwin.com. Goodwin is with a Y instead of an I. Wonderful. I, I appreciate you making the time, Daniel. I appreciate you bringing your lovely mom on as well. It was great having both of you on. And uh, thanks again to Mickey Whitcoff, Ashley Babbitt's mother, who agreed to come on at the last minute. Because I had two other January 6 people here that uh, canceled uh, the last, relative last minute. So uh, we needed to other guests. So I appreciate you. Wonderful show. Thanks so much, guys. I wish you the best of luck, Daniel, Marie. Uh, if there's any justice in this world, uh, you won't have any more <laughs> run-ins with law enforcement. Let's hope you don't. And uh, maybe we can try to get this country back on some semblance of the track, because uh, at this point, it's it's hard to argue that we're living in a free country when people can be imprisoned for the kind of nonsense that uh, you were. So thanks again for joining us. Good luck to you. God bless you both. And thanks so much, everybody, for listening to I Protest. It's the last show before Christmas. So everybody out there, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Daniel and Marie. Merry Christmas to the yes. audience. Spend it with your loved ones. Try to forget about all this crazy stuff as you can and, and, and enjoy the reason for the season. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back here at the next same, same time next week. Thanks for listening to I Protest. Thank Thanks you. much. God bless. Take care. God bless.